0: Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlue LineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. This
1: is Sid and friends in the morning. What you say? He's just a friend. You my best friend. 77 WABC. Oy. Oy. Oy.
2: The jury has now reached a decision in writer E. Jean Carroll's rape and defamation lawsuit against former President Trump. The jury in this civil trial finding Donald Trump liable of battery and libel of defamation in connection with claims brought by E. Jean Carroll. Carroll accusing the former president of assaulting her in Bergdorf Goodman's department store back in 1996. We'll
3: be appealing this decision. It's a disgrace. I don't even know who this woman is. I have no idea... Who she is, where she came from, this is another scam. It's a political witch hunt, and somehow we're going to have to fight this stuff. We cannot let our country go into this abyss. This is disgraceful.
2: House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer, all eyes on that press conference. Can you give us a little hint as to what you're going to tell us? It's going to be a bad day for the White
4: House, and it's going to be interesting to see what Joe Biden has to say. Uh, He lied about the laptop. He lied about his knowledge of his family's uh, shady business dealings. He lied about his involvement in his family's shady business dealings. Uh, He lies when he says his son has done nothing wrong. So it's going to be judgment day for the White House. It'll be very interesting to see what uh, Jean-Pierre and the little Ian Sams has to say when they're presented with evidence. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years
1: to Twitter. we will be some other things, too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you
3: have no others. See you soon.
0: Smart up the heels of Tucker Carlson, starting his new show for Elon Musk on Twitter. Follow Tucker Carlson. Happy birthday to the lead singer of U2, Bono. You hear him right here. I believe he turns 63 today. Is that right, Lewis? Far, four, four, four years older than me, yes. 63. 63 born uh, on the state May 10th in 1960, so you're going to hear a lot of U2. My favorite band, anyway, on this show today. Well, him and Springsteen. So, happy birthday to Bono. And, of course, you heard the Open put together, as he does every morning in brilliant fashion by Justin Ellick. The Donald Trump, that came down yesterday, the verdict with E. Jean Carroll. Uh, Judgment Day for the Bidens, according to James Comer. We are going to carry the Jim Comer press conference live right here coming up at 9.05. Very, very exciting. And then Tucker Carlson. Now, if you're tuning in this morning because you're expecting President Trump to stop by this morning, I've got good news and bad news. Let's start with the bad news. He ain't coming. So, right after the verdict came down yesterday, moments after, I got an email from Margot in Donald Trump's office. And she said, Mr. Rosenberg, I'm sorry to tell you, but we have to postpone tomorrow's interview but i promise we'll be sending dates shortly so what do i do i text marco back and i say "Margot, do you understand i just spent the last two hours on cable defeat TV, uh, tv defending and claiming victory for president trump needless to say i'm very disappointed And then maybe 10 minutes after that, I had a conversation with Boris Epstein. And he said, well, wait a second. Why are you disappointed? I I believe they've already rescheduled. So then I ran to my email and found out that they did. And literally, it's the next day. So President Trump will not be here today. But President Trump will be here at 8.05 tomorrow. So what you get... Tomorrow is Judge Knapp at 7.40, President Trump 8.05, my mother Naomi with her view on Trump's conversation 8.25, Bill O'Reilly 8.40, and Bo Deedle 9.05. How's that for a Thursday lineup coming up tomorrow? Action Pack Lewis. Is there room for us? Not really. Okay. No. So Trump will be here tomorrow. But let's get right to uh, the story. Yes, he was found liable, not guilty, you morons. I got all these uh, Trump detractors on my Instagram, which I want you guys to follow at rosenberg.sydney, talking about I will follow, at rosenberg.sydney on Instagram, Facebook as well. They're like, hi, hey, your boy was found guilty. No, 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 folks. He was not found guilty of anything. This was not a criminal case. He was found liable, which means that he has to pay some money, which he'll pay not one penny up, by the way, not one penny. So the verdict comes down, and I'm going to talk to Joe Tacopina live on this show at 8.05. I know he was on with Katz and Cosby last night, and no disrespect to anybody else, but you're going to get from Tacopina today what really happened in that courtroom and how basically I talked Tacopina off the ledge. True story. He'll admit it. I said, Joe, baby, buddy. Her contention was rape. Not, he touched me here, he touched me there, he made me uncomfortable. The word was rape. And the jury came back and said, no rape. Now, here's what you folks don't understand at home, especially you liberal morons who are celebrating today. The jury has instructions. They're called jury instructions. And it reads like this. If, in fact, the first charge of rape is a no, go to number two. If the first charge of rape is a yes, go to number four. That's their instructions. Well, in this case, because rape was no, it tells you to go to number two. And guess what is number two? Sexual abuse. So this New York jury, led by this Judge Kaplan, who doesn't dislike Donald Trump, he despises Donald Trump, went right to number two and said, hey, he didn't rape her, but let's throw this at him, number two. And then let's uh, figure out all these damages, a million here, a million there, and come up with $5 million. Now, any decent appellate lawyer is going to blow this thing right out of the water. They needed the rape. They didn't get it. So, I'm on television, as the verdict is being read, live on TV. And that was a bit exuberant, I'll admit it, because I was on a station, of course, very conservative, very pro-Trump. And I made it very, very clear that once rape was out of the picture, everything else you can appeal away. And I told Dr. To Takapina moments after the verdict was read, even when he was kind of shaky. So if you weren't watching me on television last night, then you missed it. Well, yesterday, I should say, at the exact time the verdict was read, here's me on TV, Lewis, saying this. which some guy named Jason Campbell put on Twitter last night and, of course, took a shot at me. Look at this guest proclaiming a big win for Donald Trump. Who is this guy? he's right, I did that. This is me on cable TV yesterday, Lewis. Cut number one. is going to be appealing this thing tomorrow. But again, don't worry about the money, whether it's $4 or $5 million, That means nothing to Trump. He did not want to be labeled a rapist. He is not a rapist. They, they came back with no. So trust me when I tell you this was a major win for Donald Trump today. They will appeal it. And I guarantee you in the appeal, some of these damages and that abuse charge will go away too. But the main thing was... Rate yes or no, came back no, that's a win for President Trump. I mean, the whole case is nonsense. 30 years later, this lady alleges she doesn't really have a great memory of what happened. So then you get folks on Facebook going, oh, you've got a daughter, Ava. You're okay if somebody inserts blah, blah, blah. I go, no, I'm not okay with that. I would beat that person to death with my bare hands. But he didn't do it. He didn't do it. So I'm not okay with it. But I am convinced he didn't do it, and once the jury comes back with no rape and goes by the instructions to the next best charge, knowing how Kaplan hates Trump, I'm more convinced than ever he didn't do it. I'm not okay with any of that. I agree with the woman about 99% of the time, but not some lady who decides 30 years later when statute of limitations Should apply here too. I mean, think about both of these cases. Think about both. The Alvin Bragg case, which somehow they made into a civil case when it should have been a federal case. Those statute of limitations are two years in the books, and they still brought it for Trump. This thing is ridiculous 30 years, and they still bring it for Trump. If his name was Irving Schwartz, this never would have gotten to court. Not in a million years. So while Joe and Mika are out there right now celebrating this big win for Eugene Carroll and women all over the world, it's a loss. I'm telling you, it's a loss. I spent the whole hour on TV with Alan Dershowitz yesterday, and after me and Alan were done on television, Alan appeared on Catch and Cosby, and he and I agree. No rape. Not really a win. Alan Dershowitz, cut number three.
5: His name was not Donald Trump. He'd win the appeal. But, you know, in New York, with a name like Donald Trump, everybody has strong views about Donald Trump. I can testify to that from personal experience. Look how people treated me when I just defended him, as I have an obligation to do under the Constitution against an unconstitutional impeachment. They just, you know, tried to destroy my life, my children's life, my wife's life. So so how do you expect judges and jurors to be objective when it comes to Donald Trump in a city like New York?
0: And uh, one more from Dershowitz, where he talks about how, yes, people like Sid Rosenberg, pro-Trump people, will see this as a victory. And then he actually gives the reason why it was a victory. Alan Dershowitz, cut number four.
5: I think it's a Rorschach verdict. Um, you know, people who support Trump will read it as a victory because, The most important thing is the jury found he did not rape her. She testified under oath that he did rape her. And so the jury didn't believe that. And this isn't a criminal case where the jury might have had a reasonable doubt. The jury actually made a finding that he didn't rape her. And it seems to me that if that's the case, how do you have defamation? Because the defamation is basically he said he didn't rape her. She was lying. The jury essentially found maybe that she was lying because they did not find the highest count, the most important count. So the people who support him will see it as a victory. The people who oppose him will see it as a defeat.
0: It was an absolute victory. Here was uh, my dear friend of 45 years once again. He'll join me at 8.05 this morning. Trump defense attorney Joseph Tacopina outside the court afterwards talking about the verdict. This Lou rapino is Joe Tacopina, cut number six.
6: Strange verdict. Um, this was a rape claim, and the jury rejected that, but made other findings, so um, we'll obviously be appealing those other findings, but they rejected her rape claim, and she'd always claimed this was a rape claim, so, so it's a little perplexing, but, um, you know, we move forward.
0: I actually asked Takapina moments after I said, have you heard from Trump? Because if Donald Trump lashed out at Joe Takapina, I was going to cancel Trump tomorrow. My loyalties are to Joseph, and it was a complete opposite. Trump sent Takapina a text and said, awesome job, but there's still more work to be done. Joe Takapina, Lewis, cut number seven.
6: We've spoken. And we're ready to proceed to go forward. Obviously, you know, he's firm in his belief, as many people are, that he cannot get a fair trial in New York City um, based on the truth. And um, I think one could argue that that's probably a, an accurate assessment. Um, based on what happened today. Um, and, uh, you know, again, it's something that, you know, we're very confident on the appellate issues here. Um, the Access Hollywood tape should not have come into this case. Some other things should come into the case. I mean, we made many <coughs> motions that we thought would would create um, issues for appeal, and, and we're going to em- employ them now. Um, you know, there were things that happened in this case that were beyond the pale. I mean, we made a mistrial motion the went through the trial because of some of the rulings and, and we believe a bias that was displayed by the court. Uh, this judge, been you know, overturned already once by the Second Circuit in Carroll versus Trump. And he's, he's going to be overturned a second time. Um, but in the meantime, we, uh, you, know, you know, from what forward, forward, he was found not liable for the rape and that's it. This judge,
0: every time Tacopina introduced something, Judge Kaplan wanted nothing to do with it. Struck him down every time. Every time E. Gene Carroll's attorney asks for something, no problem. And for you folks out there that are like, well, Donald Trump was found liable because he didn't show up in court. That's nonsense, too. I'm not buying it. Now, look, that was takapena's strategy. He didn't want the spotlight on Donald Trump. Maybe he didn't want Trump to be cross-examined. I think he's right. I don't think it would have mattered. I think they would have made Trump's life and takapena's life even more miserable if the president would have shown up. So what I'm saying is, look, they didn't get rape. If you really thought that Donald Trump was going to walk away unscathed yesterday, then you're somewhere between naive and stupid and maybe closer to the latter. So this jury came up with number two because they couldn't get what they needed and wanted number one and botched together a couple of of silly finds. And again, the appeal, I have to think, And Dershowitz agrees should go Trump's way. But Trump, of course, couldn't claim victory because because right now there is a fine and a sexual abuse charge. So he was pissed. And here was Donald Trump on Truth Social last night taking it to the civil ruling. This is cut number two.
3: What else can you expect from a Trump-hating Clinton-appointed judge who went out of his way to make sure that the result of this trial was as negative as it could possibly be. Speaking to and in control of a jury from an anti-Trump area, which is probably the worst place in the United States for me to get a fair trial, will be appealing this decision. It's a disgrace. I don't even know who this woman is. I have no idea who she is, where she came from, This is another scam. It's a political witch hunt. And somehow we're going to have to fight this stuff. We cannot let our country go into this abyss. This is disgraceful. You have somebody running for office. You have a woman that's financed and lied about it. She totally lied about it by Democrat operatives like just about the biggest one there is. And she said that wasn't true. They found that she lied about it and... The judge wasn't even, I guess, letting it be put in as evidence. The whole thing is a scam, and it's a shame, and it's a disgrace to our country.
0: So for all you folks today that are writing stories in the New York Post and papers around the country, oh, this is going to be terrible for Donald Trump, all those suburban housewives now that he may have gotten, now we lost them, slow down. Slow down, folks. I think RNC chair Ronna McDaniel said it best yesterday when she said, look, we got big issues in this country, not some made-up 30-year-old nonsense that we witnessed yesterday. Ronna McDaniel-Lewis, cut number 10.
2: I think we've got a long way until the primary process begins. We've got debates in August. Uh, As a suburban woman myself, I think a lot of women right now are looking at the Biden administration and saying our kids are still struggling in school. Our kids are being weapon are being used as uh, as pawns and TikTok as di- as uh, China is gathering their data. We have set we had 70,000 fentanyl deaths last year as Biden is not protecting our kids from that coming across our border. I think a lot of women are incredibly disappointed with the Biden administration, so they'll be looking at the Republican nominee, whoever that is, to put forward an opposing vision and one that's going to help suburban moms, suburban kids. Uh, And families across this country.
0: So we're going to cover this story uh, like no one else can this morning. Fame defense attorney making his third consecutive visit because he's so good. Arthur Idalis set to join me in about 20 minutes at 6:40, and the man himself, Joseph Tacopina, will join me coming up at 8:05. A very good possibility, Alan Dershowitz will be here as well. But it's a busy day again. 9:05. We're going to carry it live. The James Comer press conference. He is calling it Judgment Day for Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and the whole Biden family. They've got all they need, they believe, to go at these people hard. So we got the Comer news. George Santos, charges filed. He's been indicted. Peter King must be happy today. Rockland County, they're expecting busloads of migrants today. Mayor Eric Adams has not backed down from that. And Tucker Carlson has a new job on Twitter. Plus... Nixon Heat, Game 5, later on tonight. So we got a big show, folks. Arthur Dollar coming up at 640. Curtis Sleva, 705. By the way, the president, Joe Biden, is in New York today. He's going to speak on the debt ceiling, the economy, as Comer grows him at 9. We'll talk to Mike Lawler coming up at 740. Joseph Tacapina 805. Peter King, 840. Comer Press Conference comes your way at 905. And, of course... President Trump not here today, but will be here tomorrow, that is confirmed, coming up tomorrow at 8.05. Once again, happy 63rd birthday to Bono. This is you too. I will follow as we get going on a kick-ass hump day Wednesday with me, Sid Rosenberg. Yo!
8: In your side I'll wait For you Slight of hand And twist of face On a bed of nails She makes me wait And I wait Without you With or without you without you Through the storm we reach the shore You give it all
0: 63 years old today, the U2 classic, With or Without You, U2 all day long on this program. So since MSNBC started their swill, their morning show, with these two lowlives, Joe and Mika, and they're all they've been on the Trump found libel of sexual abuse and defamation story the whole time. Now here's this, this loser George Conway. Thank God Kellyanne got rid of this fat, stupid loser. He's on. So everybody who hates Trump is on MSNBC this morning, and they're having a grand old time. They're too dumb to figure out that Trump actually won. 30 minutes, that's all they've done. Now, I look to my left, and there's CNN. And their scroll reads, Santos expected in court as soon as today to face criminal charges. And the guy that Santos beat out on Long Island, Zimmerman, has been on for five minutes. So while MSNBC has spent, again, all 30 minutes on Trump, CNN, not much. Any idea why? Anybody out there? I'll tell you why. Because Donald Trump is making a TV appearance tonight on CNN. So it wouldn't be very prudent of CNN to kick Trump's ass all morning long. They'll do some of it, don't get me wrong. But I like MSNBC, who now has Mike Ferrara on, one of the lawyers for E. Jane Carroll. They're not going to do it, because Caitlin Collins has Trump on CNN for a town hall later on tonight. And, of course, once again, if you're tuning into my show this morning, expecting President Trump this morning, you're not going to get him today, but you're going to get him tomorrow. He'll be here In between, actually, I should say before, my mother and Bill O'Reilly at 8.05 tomorrow morning. But 9.05 today is that big uh, Jim Comer press conference. Republicans are calling today Judgment Day for Joe Biden. Biden again in New York. That's why Mike Lawler is coming on. Biden is here talking about the debt ceiling, the economy, and all that. But uh, Comer with Jesse Waters on Fox News last night... You got a lot more to worry about. Today's Judgment Day for Joe Biden. Well, this is so exciting, I can't begin to tell you. Tax evasion, Hunter Biden. Gun charges, Hunter Biden. Bank records, which prove Daddy, Joe, Uncle Jimmy. Whole bunch of Biden stealing money. Taking money, I should say, from Foreign countries, our biggest enemies. This is so exciting, I can't begin to tell you. This is, for Sid Rosenberg, political porn. And I like it. Political porn. T-shirt. That's another T-shirt, yeah. It's a very good alliteration. I like it. Yeah. So here is uh, Jim Comer on Fox News with my buddy Jesse Waters last night teasing what you're going to hear coming up live on this show at 9.05 today. Jim Comer, cut number
4: 11. We're going to present the American people with the facts, the facts about what the Biden family has been doing. Uh, One thing we learned when we had access to the Treasury suspicious activity reports is that the Bidens had created many LLCs in many different bank accounts, and there were many Biden families that were in on the influence peddling scheme. So we're going to present bank records tomorrow, tomorrow, Uh, We're going to also uh, talk about the different uh, people that they were taking money from, uh, their ties to foreign nationals in some of the worst countries uh, on the planet. And I think the American people are going to have a lot of questions for Joe Biden. We'll see if the mainstream media has questions for Joe Biden.
0: It's really very simple, Mr. Biden, Mr. President. It's Judgment Day, bitch. Cut 12.
4: Tomorrow's going to be a bad day for the White House, and it's going to be interesting to see what Joe Biden has to say. Uh, he lied about the laptop. He lied about his knowledge of his family's uh, shady business dealings. He lied about his involvement in his family's shady business dealings. Uh, he lies when he says his son has done nothing wrong. So it's going to be judgment day tomorrow for the White House, and it'll be very interesting when they see evidence, because uh, the White House and the American people are used to a lot of congressional investigations that never provide any evidence uh, or that have evidence like the Steele dossier with respect to Adam Schiff and Jamie Raskin that we later learned was completely false. You can't lie on bank records. And one thing that all the different banks that we, we dealt with have said is that this family was involved in money laundering schemes. So uh, these are some very serious charges, and any other American family would have already been indicted and probably gone to prison for some of the things that the Biden family's done. So tomorrow's going to be judgment day, and it'll be very interesting to see what uh, Jean-Pierre and the little Ian Sams has to say when they're presented with evidence.
0: Quite the interesting dichotomy on this day where the Trump verdict came out yesterday, and now Judgment Day for Biden today. Any other American family would be in prison if they did what the Bidens have done. There's no question about that. And yet, any other American family never would have been in court yesterday, forgetting about a verdict and a silly ruling, a strange ruling. No other American family would have been in court yesterday for an allegation that something took place 30 years ago in a busy department store in New York City. There's your dichotomy. There's the reason why people are coming. They're getting wise, folks. They're getting wise. And I don't believe, despite what you're going to read all day today and hear, that this verdict yesterday was a death knell for Donald Trump. Audie dollars coming up next. And, of course, Joe Nolan with traffic. But right now, it's time for the Tunnel to Towers update. Frank Siller, my dear friend and CEO, he's going to tell us about his trip to Fort Worth earlier this week. Good morning, Frank. How was Cowtown? <laughs> Cowtown.
2: I can tell you, they got a lot of cows over there, and uh, so we were there Monday night. Monday night, at uh, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation was at Billy Bob's, the world's largest honky tonk, uh, for the latest. Never forget concert series that we do all around the country uh, benefiting the foundation. Legendary actor and musician, Dennis Quaid, was our host. He did a phenomenal job. We had an amazing lineup of country music artists, including Warren Treaty, Ian Munsick, Tanya Tucker. And I I tell you, I was so moved by a very special performer who I met back in March at our Sounds in the Round fundraiser in Nashville, Scotty Hastings. Scotty is an Army veteran who was shot, listen to this, ten times, ten times while on patrol in Afghanistan. And he turned that experience into some beautiful, beautiful music. He got What a voice, but the, the words, the lyrics are just incredible to his song. 77 WABC listeners, please visit T2T.org to support our programs for America's Heroes. Thanks, Sid.
0: Oh, thank you, Frank. Once again, donate just $11 a month for America's heroes. Do it today at t2t.org. That's t2t.org.
1: Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
0: It's a beautiful day, 70s and sunny, going to be 84 on Friday. Don't forget, coming up tonight at midnight, Title 42 is set to expire. Another topic I'll cover with President Trump, 8.05 tomorrow morning. And it turns out they're suing my friend, uh, my friend Inna Vernikov, the Brooklyn Councilwoman. She's getting sued for, I don't know, something on Twitter. It's nonsense. But uh, right now, I want to talk to uh, my dear friend, making his third consecutive visit because he's so great, one of the great defense attorneys in the country today, right there with Joe Tacopino, and he's been all over all these major cases. The very talented author, Idala. Artie, good morning. How are you, buddy?
9: What's happening, my man? It, it is definitely some busy stuff. I mean, as, as the Trump news is breaking, it pops up on my phone that uh, Congressman Santos gets indicted, so... uh And then, you know, as they spoke to you live from the courthouse on Monday, you know, we're waiting to hear what goes on in this grand jury regarding the Neely thing, which is beyond. Now they want Sharpton to give the eulogy for Neely. You know, Sid, where was Sharpton and and, and this guy's parents and this guy's sister and this guy's aunt, everyone is speaking up now. When this guy needed some desperate, desperate help, you know – when the Daily News is writing editorials that our mental health system has failed this guy, and they're not writing writing editorials that the Marine should get indicted, you know that the Marine it really is, is in the right in the eyes of the, the New York City strap hangers like myself. Uh, you know, I was on three subways yesterday, and I got to tell you, if this guy got on the subway and I'm wearing my suit and. My little glasses and i'm a pencil pusher and someone starts throwing clothes at me and screaming i'm ready to go to jail for life what does that mean when you say i'm ready to go to jail for life that means i'm ready to kill somebody that's right, right? i mean that that's really that's the only crime you go to jail for life for if you kill somebody and some young guy who is physically fit who's trained by the marines tackles and puts him down man i'm taking that guy to peter luger <laughs> you're it's, damn right You're damn right. It's a tragedy that the guy died. died. But in my heart, I've watched that video now 20 times. He wasn't trying to kill that guy. He's a Marine. If he wanted to kill him, he would have broken, snapped his neck in two seconds. Two seconds, that guy would have been dead. That's not what he did. He did just the opposite.
0: You're preaching to the choir. It's ridiculous. Now, of course, his parents couldn't have helped him, Jordan, Neely, because his mother was murdered when he was 14. But his father, that low-life scumbag who wants money now, now he's popped up. And you're right, there was no Al Sharpton, and there's no Al Sharpton in Chicago every weekend when ten little black kids get killed. He doesn't care. So it's all one big uh, circus, one big show, and in the end, the Marine did the right thing. It's an unfortunate death, but the Marine did the right thing. But let's get to this Trump story yesterday, because I spoke to you all throughout. I was on television yesterday. And by the way, I'm great on TV. As good as I am on the radio, I'm just as good on TV, and I look like a million bucks. But uh, you heard me uh, yell and scream that Trump won. I know that there really wasn't a winner or, or a loser yesterday, but based upon the fact that this lady said, he raped me, that's what she said. That was her contention. And the fact is, the jury said, no, you can take that as a victory for Trump, knowing that the second charge and these silly fines can certainly go away with a decent appellate attorney. Yes?
9: Well, I, I don't really look at it as a victory for Trump as much as a victory for Pina, because Right, when right. I was in there, and, and it's not because Joe's my friend. You know, when I was in there watching the summations and I saw some of the clips that they ran, that the plaintiff ran, of Trump's deposition, I mean, did he? he did not... Do a lot to help himself. I mean, he said some things in there that were almost like confessions. I mean, he really was like, "Yeah, I'm allowed to grab women whenever I want because I'm a star, I'm celebrity, and they let you do it." I mean, the judge had his thumb. This was not my opinion. This was all the reporters who I know in there who watched the whole trial. This the thumb. The judge has his thumb clearly on the scales of justice in favor of the plaintiff. So anything less than what we call a top count. Is a victory, as I said, more for the lawyer who was in there fighting yep. his tail off. It'd be different if Trump came in and testified and, and was subject to cross examination in front of the jury, but that didn't happen. um I mean, look, I think I we'll see if one of these jurors pops up on one of them news shows. You know, winds up on Good Morning America, but I think what they said was, "Look, lady, this was a long time ago, and everyone's memory gets a little foggy." We're not saying you never met this guy. We're not saying something didn't happen to Bergdorf Goodman. Maybe he goosed you a little bit. Maybe he groped you a little bit. But we're not saying he. What, she, what they were alleging is that she was wearing a wool dress. She had a pull. He had to pull up the wool dress. She was wearing tight tights. He had to pull down the tight tights with his shoulder. He's pinning her against the wall, and then he's able to expose himself, and then he quote unquote rape her. The jury said no, no. All of that did not happen, so we're not we're not going with that. Maybe you got, you, maybe they, you guys proved they were together, and he touched you inappropriately, and then years later when you accuse him, he wrote these nasty texts. So we're going to give him. You're going to give you the defamation as well, <clears throat> and they know how rich Trump is. Five million dollars for you and I would be like you know a quarter in, the, in the, <laughs> the couch. Yeah. Right. Oh, you know where's the quarter for the meter? It's in the couch. Um, so, you know, they, I think they kind of did what they had to do. For me, because I do so much criminal work, it's amazing how fast the jury came back because typically jurors in a case like this would stay out for a while. But I mentioned on your show civil jurors, because it's it's money and it's not jail, you know, they, they reached verdicts relatively quickly, and that's what took place here. Yeah. So you're right, Sid, where you started. I think both teams are taking a victory lap Carol got you know I got my day in court and I'm going to get a few shekels and I'm sure for her five million bucks is a lot of money.
0: She's not getting five million dollars though. There's no way in a million years after they appeal this she's going to get five million. Not even close. Well, here's what. And he ain't going to pay it anyway. He's like Fred Goldman.
9: that's, (laughs) that's, That's true also. But what you and I have to you know what you and I would be thinking of is. I believe tomorrow when the judge issues an exact judgment, the clock starts ticking, and on that $5 million is 9% annual interest. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. that that adds up. I mean, let's just say it's 10% annual interest. And so if it's appeal takes two years. It's another million bucks on, on top of the five. A lot of times, and this won't happen here because it's Donald Trump, but these cases settle. In other words, Tacopina today calls Roberta Kaplan and says, look, my guy, I'll write you a check for $3 million today, and there'll be no appeal and the law will be over. That won't happen here, but that's typically yeah. a lot of these cases. No, I
0: can't. Once Donald Trump writes a check, then he assumes, no matter what, uh, some guilt, and he's not going to do that. A lot of people have been very critical of Tacopina in that it was his call not to bring Donald Trump to New York and testify. I thought it was the right move. I think the spotlight goes on Trump. Then he gets cross-examined. Could have been a complete disaster. They thought, oh, that video wasn't good enough. And in a case like this, he needed to face that jury, face that defendant, face that judge. I disagree. I think Takapina did the right thing. Monday morning quarterback is always nice. What are your thoughts?
9: The um, The judge would have been... I, I think brutal. he would have lost his mind. Right. He would have lost his mind. That was my brutal. It would have been brutal. One. But let me tell you why I think the the, the plaintiff got any verdict whatsoever. And, again, to, this is not for me. This is for, I, I watched six hours of the trial, but people who watched every minute of the trial, who I trust their judgment, what they said was as kooky and crazy as E. Jean Carroll t- appeared to be when she was on with Anderson Cooper and all of these podcasts, which they showed, Tagapini showed in court, which she really seemed like she whacked out. They said she was great on the stand. Her lawyers prepped the stuff <laughs> – I almost cursed. <laughs> so her lawyers prepped the stuffing out of her, and they said she was a fantastic witness. <clears throat> I don't care if you brought Johnny Cochran out of the grave. No one's going to prep <laughs> Donald Trump. I mean he's, you know, he's just going to do what he's going to do. He's going to say what he's going to say, and as a lawyer – and this is the defendant – you never want to put your defendant up there when you don't know it's what a wild card he right. is and what right. and whether he's going to be goaded into saying something that you really you know you really if he says it it's like an automatic victory for the other <laughs> side so yeah. i don't think I don't think Joe had a choice, and you know I looked up the make you know the makeup of that jury I didn't see too many trump fans there i mean ultimately they didn't just they didn't slam him. Right, They didn't go with the rape. They could have just said, you know, screw this guy. He's Donald Trump. We don't like him. And they just ran the tables. They didn't do that. But I don't think he was going to win anybody over by coming into the courtroom. And Agreed. it's always the hardest decision to make. Yeah, and Always. No, I think but you're I mean, right. You I understand. i on the stand and not put you guys well, Like you
0: said, I mean, Takapina can't control him. How is that good for the defense? So I think they made the right move. I want to move on to Santos, though, because as you and I were talking last night about Trump, you were the one who told me that Santos had just gotten indicted, uh, charges filed. This is something the Republicans have wanted to do for a long time. So what's next for George Santos? And, you know, two things really at play here, Artie. How quickly can they remove him from his political position? And do you think he's going to face jail time?
9: Well, it we, you know, the, the indictment is sealed, right? So we don't know exactly what he's going to be charged with. But uh, all of these federal forms that you have to fill out when you're running for Congress, that, thats if you lie on those things, it's, it's Section 1001 of the federal law of lying to a federal agent or lying on a federal document. So, I mean, I just had a guy who had never – a 60-something-year-old guy worked for NASA, never in trouble in his life, and basically he filled out forms because through NASA about his travel and he lied about going to China. And not only did he lose his job, lost his pension, the judge still gave him 30 days in jail just to show – make a record of it. I mean so the, these these cases are real even if all they're charging with is lying on these forms but I would think they would dig, dig deeper and look into his finances and also see okay what kind of financial crimes may may he have committed during the uh the whole campaign and yes people go to jail for that now what I did learn from your colleague Frank Morano was I thought if you had a felony you cannot be a congressperson, but um, we had that that was wrong. We The guy from Staten Island who was convicted and I think did jail time wound up coming out of jail and running for Congress again. Was
0: that Michael um, Grimm? Was that Grimm yeah, or was that?
9: Yes. Yeah. Yes, Michael. Yeah, thank you, Michael yeah, Grimm. So yeah. uh, it does not necessarily disqualify this guy from being a congressman or continuing to be a congressman while he's under indictment, and he's clearly got a screw loose. So he's one of these rogue dudes who's like, yeah, so what? I'm indicted. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep on trucking and keep doing my job. I mean, the sharks are in the water. All the people, uh, Zimmerman, who lost him it was the Democrat. And he's already saying he's going to run. Tom Swazi who gave up the seat to run for governor, um, I'd be shocked if he doesn't run. So the Democrats are ready for this guy to disappear, um, and I'm sure the Republicans want him to disappear as well. But we'll find out today or tomorrow when they unseal the indictment. I think. I think he's supposed to surrender today. Again, it does matter in federal court, more than state court, what judge he gets assigned to. If, it's, if This is in the Eastern District, not in the Southern District. So it's not going to be in the same courthouse where Trump and Taquipina just were. It's going to be across, it's going to be in Brooklyn, right on the other side of the, the, the Brooklyn Bridge. And, you know, if he gets a hard hitting judge, well, then he's looking at jail time. If, he, if what he did is lie on a bunch of documents. If he gets a softer judge, yeah, well, we'll see. But it's a little too early to tell. But good for the U.S. Attorney's Office for a change and actually doing their job the right way. Because sometimes these guys are so heavy-handed, it's ridiculous. Let's see what they actually charge George Santos with. And I, I'm curious to find out who his lawyer is because you know that's just part of the game that i you know that I'm in. So yeah. I like to see you know who got yeah. the call. It's my wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, know, uh, you know dealing with clients who don't have a full deck is that it's usually not a, a fun time because you're yeah. so inconsistent and you don't know what the hell's gonna happen with yeah. him
0: kind of like trump anyway listen uh I, <laughs> you
9: said it not me i was I, gonna say
0: no it, i love him i love, love the guy
9: show
0: tomorrow I oh, I, I, listen he's crazy but you need that crazy to deal with people like putin and Kim Jong, and uh, even Zelensky to a certain extent, certainly Ping in China. You need that type of crazy. He's a great president, but he is absolutely nuts. I love the guy. He'll be on 805 tomorrow, and we have to find a way to get you back on tomorrow, four consecutive days, because you're so damn good, Artie right, Well,
9: I'm running over to Fox 5 right now to jump on with your friend Rosanna Scatto and Bianca to obviously talk about the uh, the events of yesterday and today, so... Good
0: luck. Uh, give Rosanna my no problem, best. Brother. All right, pal. Great job. There. there he is, the great Arthur Idala. And he has been tremendous on this show. we got a big 7 o'clock hour coming up. Curtis Slewa, part of his uh, three-day work week on Sitting Friends in the Morning. And then we'll talk to Mike Lawler. A lot going on in Rockland County today. Joe Biden in New York today. Biden's going to speak. Lawler's going to speak on that. And of course, the big Jim Comer press conference coming up at 9 o'clock. The 7 o'clock hour promises to be very, very exciting. Keep it right here. Sit in Friends in the Morning. Hour number two on a Hump Day Wednesday. A 77
1: WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get
8: by with a little help from my friends.
0: I just got a text from my friend uh, Scott Baio. You all know Scott Baio, of course. Chachi from Happy Days to when he loves Chachi, Charles in Charge, all that. So uh, he was on Jesse Waters last night. He is a, well, he was a huge Hollywood star. But he's leaving California after all these decades because it's gross. So Baio's going to come on, I think, with me today in between... Joe Tacopina and Peter King. But we do put this time aside three days a week, mind you, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 7.05 for the icon, the legend. gets big ratings every day between noon and 1 and all weekend long and has been really a godsend for me on this show, Mr. Guardian Angel himself, my good buddy Curtis Slewa. And I'll tell you this, a couple of days ago, Curtis sent me a text. And it had nothing to do with Santos. It was something else. But he said, the hammer's about to come down on Santos. He knew it. And I said, well, how do you know? And he said, well, just trust me because they're coming to me for the information. And literally four days later, we hear the George Santos indictment. So once again, it's unbelievable This guy's got his ears in everything. Once again, Curtis Lee will prove to be the man of New York. You had this. You had it four days ago. Congrats.
10: Well, also, I'm the biggest rat on two legs who eats the Parmesan cheese. (laughs) Mobsters, politicians, white collar. You know me. I rat them out. How many times have I come on this air and said, hey, Nassau County GOP, ask Peter King when he comes up. This guy, George Santos, gave you $185,000. Where'd he get that scat that moolish moolah? And then all of a sudden, they take the coat of Omanta. Let me tell you something. Where did he get the money? Well, oh, now you're going to find out. That's the $64,000 question. And what did I put on the text? I put, beware, yes. beware in all capital letters. Yes. Because, obviously, when you want to know something, you come to the guy who knows where all the bones are buried and who buried them. Curtis Lever. And won't even hesitate, like, can we send an a armored car for you? Can, can you take your red beret, your red jacket off and come talk to us? No. Let's do it right <laughs> on the street corner. I'm loud and proud about all this thing. I rat bad people out 24 7 But you rat
0: good people out, too. For example, you've had run-ins with Bo Deedle, who at this point is like my best friend. And just yesterday, there seemed to be a little animosity on the streets before I did television between you and my dear brother, Lou Rufino. What a desgraciado. What a shanda. So
10: I'm leaving the studios at WABC. I'm out there where there is a bank of elevators. And there's Lou ratting me out to you, man. I mean, he was telling you stuff about me because I had just finished 12 to 1. Yeah. So he's ratting me out. And you're like, you're like, you got your beak in the trough. You couldn't get enough of that. And I come right behind you guys. I say, oh, Lou, you're ratting me out, huh? Yeah. Then I'm way down in the elevator. He's schwitzing. Because I cold busted him. That means sweating for the goyim out there. Then all of a sudden, we're outside, and I issue the loyalty test because you claim how much Lou is say, loyal to you. Very loyal. I hey, no. Lou, would you take a bullet for Sid Rosenberg if right now some crazy guy pulled a gun and walked up to uh, Sid and wanted to blow him into the hereafter, would you take the bullet... And he just vacillated, blinked, said no. And I stepped up and I said, I'll take it right between my eyes, Sid.
0: Well, right between my eyes. That is a true story. Now, now you have taken six bullets in real life, so I almost have to take you at your word. Uh, Lewis, I think you were only kidding, though, right? I mean, there's no question if you and I walked out together today and some assassin was out there looking to take me out, you would absolutely run the other way,
11: Right. Yeah, I would not step in front of the bullet. That's
0: See? That
11: See that? Happen. You gotta know who your friends are, Sid Rosenberg.
10: But wait, I but did you... not
11: say I would not intervene. He
0: I did just say said that I would
11: not step in front
0: of the bullet. But 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 how many of your friends would really step in front of the bullet, Curtis?
11: Well that's why
0: you would be a Kumbadi
10: That's why I call Rudy Giuliani my KumbadiCich. He's not a blood relative of I me. Mean. But, I would <laughs> definitely step in front of any guy who was trying to take the greatest mayor we've ever had in the city in New York. Out. I believe that that's why I call him my kumbari cheat. I believe that, but let me let me give a little constructive criticism. Yeah, already idala on, right? He knows all about the law, no doubt about he's it. He's tremendous. Uh, he knows nothing at all about the subway. He keeps trying to pretend he's a subway Curtis, expert. He took the subway three times yesterday. Oh, yeah. I'll bet the shuttle back and forth, back and well, forth. J.J. Ju- right Ju- Ju- Charlie right. was an engineer, right? Did he have his
0: good and plenty, plenty good? So you are calling one of the great defense attorneys in this country, A man of incredible honor and integrity. And my dear friend, Arthur Idaile, you are flat out, Cody Sleeve, calling him a liar.
8: Yeah,
10: Mr. (laughs) Subway, right? Get out of here, Sid. Look, stick to the law, Artie Idaile. Two weeks ago, he said, hey, Sid, things are looking pretty good in the subway, right?
0: What subway is he riding? He said millions of people take the subway every day. And not everybody gets jacked up well, by little. Let's be
10: honest. He's, yeah. he's got his lips hermetically sealed on the ass of <laughs> Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of
0: the illegal aliens, because he's trying to curry favor. Oh, the subways aren't that bad. But you got like to give him every day. You got to give Eric Adams some credit here, because at the end of the day, you want consistency, right, Curtis? You want somebody who's going to stand by what they said. And despite Ed Day and despite Mike Lawler, who's going to join me in about 20 minutes, the mayor says, I'm still sending the buses to Rockland.
10: That's, all, that's a set of balls. That's all of Fugazi. First of all, the judge has already issued a restraining order. I knew that was going to happen. Let me ask my very dear friends in Rockland County, Ed Day, former cop, who threatened to grab Eric Adams by the larynx. remember, and it. Strangle it's him. Great. And Congressman Lawler. How come they're not focusing in on the woman who owns this uh, hotel? By the way, a Hebrew name, Armoni, she wanted to turn it into a spa. She paid how much for it? $5.8 million on September 20, uh, 2021, Ida Astryker of Muncie. Ida say maybe has she given them contributions and Democrats up there? Because she's the one who went to City Hall and offered her facility because it didn't turn out to be gurneys. She thought she was going to have gurneys in Rockland County. What kind of a schmuck would think you could have gurneys in Rockland County? Do
0: you mean the beautiful gurneys from Montauk and Newport, Rhode Island? The she beautiful gurneys?
11: That's
10: right. And by yeah. the way, it's Palisades Estate, the LLC, that she hides behind in Spring Valley. See, I do the deep dive. While they're squawking and talking, I'm saying, okay, but how come you're not targeting the woman who went to City Hall, Ida Astryker, and said, hey, you can use my Armoni Inn, how much you're willing to pay? That's all she was willing to say, and it's always follow the money.
0: Now, it's not just the Armoni Inn, but Curtis, once again, man on it. You told me this morning. Forty fifth and Lex? Before we get to that, though. Okay, right? we
10: can't exempt Orange County. Steve Newhouse, the other Republican executive. They're moving the illegals into the Crossroads Hotel in Newburgh. Newburgh is a dumping ground for anybody who gets place. out of yeah. prison, Horrible anybody place. who has yeah. a drug problem emotionally yeah. disturbed. Terrible. So what is the city of New T- York say, It's like Monticello. Right. In meantime, Steve Newhouse, you didn't see him have a press conference right away. He wasn't all bent <laughs> out of shape. <laughs> hey, was he getting wine-dined and pocket-lined? And that's another LLC. They always hide behind these LLCs. That's why you don't necessarily know who are the owners, the true owners in operation. So who are you
0: claiming is uh, getting paid in Rockland County?
10: Well, no, uh, you not- claiming. No, not, not in Rockland County. I'm saying they're in protecting possibly a big donor, Ida Ostriker.
0: They're protecting her. Because protect- she puts money towards Hochul, towards Adams. Probably. I can see that. Why would
10: you name the person who lives right Uh, there in Muncie?
0: So what is the deal then? Why is the Roosevelt Hotel on 45th and Lex, according to you, about to get 1,000 more people? Now,
10: you know who owns the Roosevelt Hotel? Uh, Teddy Roosevelt. No, the iconic (laughs) hotel. A president has never stayed there, even though it was named the Roosevelt Hotel. 45th and Lex. It's owned by Pakistani International Airlines. What does that tell you right away, right? So three years ago, basically, they stopped processing anybody coming in. And it's been empty, but it's not in bad shape. So what does your mayor do? Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens. He leases the Roosevelt Hotel for three years at $27 million, a thousand rooms. And these are for single able-bodied Venezuelan men. Now, can they play baseball? Can they help your Mets and my Yankees who are desperate need of help? I say, well, maybe we'll give them a tryout, a consideration. A 1,000 single heavy-bodied men. Now, look at the Venezuelans. They come in with designer garb. They have iPhones. They have smartphones. They're where, They're bringing tourists to luggage with wheels on it. Do you think they went through the mosquito-infested jungles of Panama, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico to get here? No! They flew right to TJ, Tijuana. There's an airport there. Juarez, right near El Paso. There's an airport there. And, of course, Nuevo Laredo, right opposite Laredo on the Texas side. And then they come across and say, hey, we need asylum. Where you been for the last seven years? Have you been in Venezuela? No. We've been living in Colombia. We've been living in Chile. We've been living in Argentina, Brazil. So what the hell are you coming to America for asylum? And see the other unknown story. It's going to take 13 years for asylum hearings to take place with all these illegal aliens pouring in. And your mayor, Eric Adams, mayor of the illegal aliens, say, who's your Papa Chulo? Who's your daddy? Keep coming in. I love illegal aliens. And I hate you citizens who pay the taxes, who bear the freight. That's why you can see more fear, more flight, and this city going right into the abyss. Hey, show some culiones, Eric Adams. You're the mayor of American citizens who pay their taxes here in the city, not illegal aliens. If you want to be their mayor, go to Caracas, go to Nicaragua, go to Cuba, go to Colombia, go to Brazil. But start being our mayor, not their mayor, mayor of the illegal aliens.
1: Sit in Friends in the Morning, seventy seven WABC. <laughs>
0: Great U2 song once again, celebrating all morning long. Bono's birthday, the lead singer of U2, turned 63 today. Happy birthday to Bono, Angel of Harlem. Mike Lawler is waiting to get on the set at MSNBC. Right now, that dupus out of Connecticut, Chris Murphy, is on. As soon as Murphy is done, Lawler goes on the set with those two horrible people, Joe and Mika. And then Lawler is going to call me. 805-Joseph Takapina. 8.25, maybe Scott Baio, 8.40, Peter King, 9.05 are going to carry the Jim Comer press conference. And he said last night, on Jesse Waters, day is judgment day for the Biden. So forget about that silly verdict that came back against Trump. You know, one thing you folks should also keep in mind, I don't mean the, the Trump detractors, the haters. They're just stupid. Do your homework. You know, this is where Curtis Sleeve was really great, because Curtis always follows the money. Follow the money here. Who funded E. Jean Carroll's defense? No, you should know this, too. When you talk about a lady making up a story, writing a book 30 years later, similar to a Law & Order episode, no details, just look who funded her defense. That's all you need to know, that this lady is full of it. This is one big Democrat conspiracy. Just look it up. So keep your eye on that one, too. Go take a look at it. See who funded e. Jean Carroll's defense. I promise you, Joe and Mika, those two douchebags, they won't say it this morning. I promise you that. Well, I'm saying it. But um, Comer is going to uh, drop the hammer on the Bidens coming up at 9.05, and we're going to carry that press conference live and I'll make some comments and uh, then get naked in the studio and go home. Yeah, How does that sound? Typical?
11: Yeah. Regular
0: day. <laughs> you feel Another like... day in the office. Okay. Yeah.
11: Leg pain or no leg pain? Or... <laughs> yeah. You never know.
0: I got uh, the Knicks and Heat tonight, game five, and I fully expect my Knicks season is over. Even though it's here at the Garden, I, I have no confidence.
11: Man, I have the, I'm surrounded by terrible fans. I know.
0: Fans. I know. You, Joe Nolan. Yeah, but here's the thing. That's... In the end, we're all Rangers lost, so I was right. The Devils are about to lose. Your Islanders lost. The Knicks are about to lose. Uh, so it's not like they're winning.
11: No, but I didn't say before the game, like, oh, it's over.
0: Uh, did you watch the last two games, the Knicks and Heat? Okay. It's did over. You,
11: did you see the Devils were down two games to none? Yeah. Did now they're down that? three games to one. So, yeah, they got because, crushed
0: after Game 3. Okay,
11: but what happened? What, what were people saying before Game 3 in the Rangers? I just series?
0: don't see the Knicks series. I, they, they just, they don't, uh, they Ura- heat the Your
11: Honor, the witness is not they heat, the question. They heat
0: defend too well, and they make big shots, and the Knicks don't. I they just don't, and I, they lost quickly. I agree with you. They're done, man. I agree with and you. And so think. if it's not tonight, it's Game 6 in Miami. They're done. It's over. Yeah,
11: of course. Well, that's it. Oh, okay.
0: So I watch tonight, and maybe they do win, and you go, oh, it's not over yet, and then i I got got to watch another game, and they get spanked (laughs) in Florida. No, thanks. Okay. Just end it.
11: Everybody said the Florida Panthers have no shot. That's, that's what true. I heard. That's what I heard. Well, that's what everybody said. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, but I remember saying to you and Pete Morgan right there. Well,
0: oh, hold on. Hold on. That was game six. Before the series, uh, nobody no, picked the Panthers no, to beat the Bruins. no, 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 no. Nobody. No, wrong.
11: I said, you guys were like, well, there's one team the Rangers can't beat, and it's the Boston Bruins. I did that's say it. that. Right. Did you say that? I said that, yeah. And so did Pete. And I said... Yeah, they're they gonna have a tough time. I said Rangers could beat them in a seven game series. Rangers! No problem. Not the
0: Panthers! Panthers yeah. were the last team to make the playoffs! No, my
11: point being that another team can beat another team uh, in a seven game uh, yeah. series. Yeah, I guess. And look, and what happened? Oh, uh, listen.
0: They beat Over. them. Not Checkmate. only that, Checkmate. but the Panthers... No, because you didn't pick the Panthers to him before the series. I, you said the Rangers can beat the Bruins, not the last I, team in the playoffs. You didn't say the Panthers I are going to beat them. I'm not giving you that credit. Stop <laughs> it. Stop said, it. I said that team
11: can beat any team in a seven-game series. That's all there was to it. And
0: now the Panthers are up 3 nothing on Toronto. And they're
11: probably going to win the Cup.
0: They... <laughs> I'm not getting that far yet.
11: Uh, okay, maybe I will. How about that? I'll do it now. I
0: like when you do that. That's okay. what I do. I'll, I'm, they're going to win a cup. All right. So they're going to beat Carolina. Right. And then they're going to beat... Um, oh, easy. 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 Five win. games. And then the we <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Who's on the Crankin'? And then tomorrow we've got a huge show here. We've got, um, oh my God, Judge Napolitano. We've got Bill O'Reilly. We've got Bo Deedle. We've got Naomi Rosenberg and, oh, yeah, President Trump. That's all tomorrow. A heck of a lineup the next couple of days. And Friday, we have a crazy show. This is
1: Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
4: PriorityGoldGuide.com.
0: keeping Mike Lawler on longer than usual because they know he's coming on with me. So he's on. Noam's laughing. He's on right now with Willie Geist. As soon as he gets off this set, he's going to call me. And uh, somebody must have called MSNBC and said, keep him on. (laughs) He's going on with Sid Lawler.
10: Let's sabotage Sid and Frank. Right.
0: They went to Scarborough talking to him. Now it's Lawler and now it's uh, Willie Geist. So uh, clearly, Noam, uh, did you call them? You, you, you could be the guy to do that. I am. Yeah, I'm trying to sabotage the show. <laughs> <laughs> Just seeing how Lola's coming on with Sid next. Uh, we are going to talk to the great uh, defense attorney, Joseph Takapina, coming up at 8.05. And uh, he's going to be real honest and tell you all that went on in that courtroom yesterday and during his summation. Fascinating conversations I've had with Tak. Very personal fascinating conversations the last couple of weeks he'll be on at 805 peter king 840 we will carry the jim comer presser live at nine maybe scott Bayo, who's leaving california at 825 it does look like mike lawler is now off the set and he's got a lot to discuss because the migrants supposedly according to mayor eric adams still on their way to rockland county today joe biden is in New York today before he gets hammered at 9 o'clock discussing the debt ceiling and the economy, and George Santos got indicted. So Lawler's got a lot to discuss, and I believe he's calling right now. There he is. I think he was on, um, what was it, two or three days ago? I forgot exactly why he was on. Oh, the Rockland County thing, that's right. Ed Day and Newhouse and all these folks. So here he is, the guy that's become... My uh, my go-to congressman, him and Peter King, I call him the pride of Rockland County. Fresh off his MSNBC appearance, my dear friend Mike Lauder, how do you go on with those horrible people?
12: <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you know what? It's uh, it's important uh, to go on and and make sure that my voice is heard and that uh, my positions get out there. Because agreed, I know, agree. It, it, I think we've gotten to a point where people just want to go in an echo chamber and and you know get their own feelings and thoughts reaffirmed. Uh and and the lack of robust debate and discussion frankly I think has contributed mightily to to the political situation that we're in today.
0: I agree. Uh that's why I also applaud Bill O'Reilly when he goes on that hack Chris Cuomo show on News Nation. All you guys, you should be speaking on all these channels, and look, today's a huge day. There's three major stories I need to discuss with you. Let's start with Rockland County. We spoke a couple of days ago. Ed Day threatened the mayor with physical violence. It was beautiful. Uh, today is supposed to be the day when Mayor Adams sends all those migrants to Rockland County. It is that going to be the case.
12: Well, uh, he can try, but the hotel now has a temporary restraining order against it. The town of Orangetown took them to court and won uh, a temporary restraining order. My dear friend, Michael, Monday. how do
1: you go on with those horrible people? I don't know why that just happened. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs>
8: yeah. Jesus.
12: Uh, the temporary restraining order is in place effective next uh, through next Monday. So I don't see how the mayor is going to be able to send them up. I had a conference call uh, yesterday afternoon with the mayor's office, uh, along with Supervisor Teresa Kenny and the supervisor of the town of Newburgh, and they couldn't answer a damn question that we had with respect to these migrants. And we asked them, are they vetted? And they said, oh, that's a question for the federal government. Are you kidding me? Uh, you know, you're going to send people up to Rockland County and you have no idea whether or not they've been vetted? They have handled this so poorly, uh, and and really uh, set this entire process back. We all understand there are challenges that New York City is grappling with, and if they had approached it in a way where they where they asked, where they communicated, where they coordinated, where people looked at and, and said, you know, hey, maybe we could help with this location, then maybe something could have been done. But this is not the way you handle it. And with Title 42 set to expire this week, this is going to be an absolute calamity at our border. Uh, and in turn, you know exactly what's going to happen. More migrants are going to be sent up to New York City.
0: Not just this week. Title 42 set to expire tonight at midnight. So tomorrow morning, no more Title 42. The great congressman out of Rockland County, Michael Walter, joining me right now. So uh, we go back to Election Day 2022 And I've said this many times, for the most part, it was a huge disappointment. We thought we were going to win everything. And the truth is, we we barely got the House. We did not get the Senate, despite thinking we had that done. We lost every big gubernatorial race in every city, except in New York. We had four big wins, four Republicans. You one of them. My friend Mark Molinaro, my friend Anthony D'Esposito, and another guy named George Santos. And then we come to find that Santos lied about just about everything. And don't, for don't, months. Don't
12: forget, Sid. Don't forget, Sid. We learned on your show that he was a, a, a superstar volleyball player.
0: <laughs> You're right about that. That was a conversation I had with George back in 2020 that got 4 million. 4 million, Mike Lotto. Thank you. Retweets on Twitter. We find out a lot about everything. And we know that Joe Cairo and Peter King and all these folks on the island have been after him for months. Trying to get this guy indicted. Well, it's finally here. So, what does that mean for you guys, the Republican Party? And are you still nervous, Mike, that he becomes the face of the Democrats the next election cycle?
12: Look, we've called for him to resign for months. Uh, I think his conduct is unbecoming, it was embarrassing. Uh, and if he had any shame, uh, he would resign. Um, You know, we'll see what these charges are today. I I surmise that they're tied to uh, financial, uh, you know, campaign finance violations and and potential fraud. Um, You know, we'll see exactly what it is. But, uh, you know, I think ultimately the sooner he's gone, uh, the better for everybody. uh, And I think we can hold that seat in a special election. So to me, keeping him around serves no purpose. Um, and, you know, I think the sooner he goes, the better.
0: I mean, the unfortunate part is you really can't keep him around because the truth is he broke the law, and he's a liar, but you're not holding that seat. Tom Swasey is going to take that seat in 15 seconds.
12: Uh, listen, in a special election, anything can happen, and I and I think, uh, you know, Tom Swasey's had his day in the sun. He's run for every office possible. Uh, I think it's time for fresh voices and new faces, uh, frankly. And, um, you know, I think there's a a good chance that we'll hold that. I have have confidence in the the Nassau County Republican Party.
0: I hope you're right. I mean, Swansea came on with me and Bernie, God bless my partner's soul, when he was alive one day and actually gave Ron DeSantis credit for the parental act. Then he got all kinds of pressure, Mike, from the Democrat Party. You remember that? And then he came out three days later and said, well, what I said to Sid and Bernie was inartful. And I said, what a pussy. That's the end of Tom Swasey. I was done with him. So hopefully you're right. uh, Let's move to uh, Joe Biden, because today Joe Biden is in New York discussing debt ceiling and the economy. But while he's going to be doing that, he's got to be aware, Mike Lawler, that coming up, or at least before him at 9 o'clock this morning, Jim Comer, According, to this judgment day is about to lower the boom on Joe, Hunter, and the whole Biden family. Are you looking forward to Comer's presser coming up at nine?
12: Well, I saw uh, Jim Comer yesterday down in in Washington, uh, and he let me know that he was going to be uh, moving ahead with that. Um, you know, so certainly I'm going to be listening and and uh, wait to see uh, what information they have uh certainly what we've heard and seen so far uh has raised serious questions as to uh the the financial entanglements of hunter uh biden as well as other members of the biden family uh with foreign governments and foreign uh entities and i think uh it, it certainly raises serious questions uh, especially with uh, much of it happening while Joe yeah. Biden was vice president of the United States. Right. And you're talking so about up, Bi- we'll see you, what you, the facts are. All right. Know, but you, uh, you're, you're, you're uh, talking about Bi-
0: you're talking about Biden's family. And the truth is, we don't care about Hunter. We don't care about Uncle Jimmy. We don't care about Haley. It all goes back to Joe. Uh, as long as no, somebody. That,
12: well, that's that's yeah. the question. I mean, it, you know, and that's why we have to see what the facts and the evidence are. Um, And, you know, certainly uh, I will be listening uh, to what my colleague has to say. Uh, I think he's been, uh, you know, doing yeoman's work, uh, trying to uncover what the facts are, what the evidence is, uh, despite, uh, you know, DOJ and the IRS uh, trying to interfere at times. Um, So we'll see what comes out of it. But I think uh, certainly the question really is about, uh, these financial entanglements while Joe Biden was vice president of the United States and whether or not he benefited in any way from it.
0: And then let's talk about, again, uh, Joe being in New York today, the debt ceiling, the meeting, three Republicans, two Democrats, led, of course, by the House uh, Speaker, uh, House Majority Leader, I should say, uh, Kevin McCarthy. Um, what, uh, what is that conversation going to be like today? And, of course, the economy. Joe Biden is going to have to try to explain to the American people how he's going to combat inflation, all of our economic issues. What is that going to sound like today?
12: Uh, Look, uh, you know, he's coming here to uh, basically decry, quote unquote, MAGA Republicans who are holding the economy hostage, according to him, uh, after this meeting. But the reality is the House Republicans are the only ones who have passed a bill to raise the debt ceiling. Chuck Schumer cannot pass a bill, no matter how much he talks about uh, passing a clean debt ceiling. He doesn't have the votes. And so at the end of the day here, um, you know, I'm going to take the opportunity to listen to what the president has to say. uh, But also uh, when given the opportunity to speak to him, uh, talk to him very directly about the need to be the Joe Biden of old and negotiate. Uh, as well as to deal with our migrant crisis. So this is, you know, there's a lot of challenges going on right now. And I think the president would be better served by uh, negotiating with House Republicans uh, than sitting uh, in in my district pontificating.
0: (laughs) So is that where this meeting is in your district later on today?
12: Well, interestingly enough, they thought it was going to be in my district they booked it at the Westchester Community College. The uh, the front entrance is in my district, but the actual speech is going to be in Jamal Bowman's district.
0: My God, what a loser he
12: is. So, you're, <laughs> so, so you are so think you'll have
0: an opportunity to speak to the president today, one-on-one?
12: Uh, uh, um, they told me I'm going to be in the photo line, so I'm going to take the opportunity to talk to him for sure.
0: Now, let's talk about the guy that was the president before this guy. Yeah. The verdict came down yesterday. I was on TV at the time. I called it a win. I'm going to talk to Takapina next for the president because they wanted rape, and they didn't get rape. So now this these, uh, liberal jury or whatever it was here in New York had this trumped-up number two charge and a bunch of silly nominal charges that'll go away with a headway decent appellate attorney. Your opinion on uh, what came down for President Trump yesterday?
12: Well, look, at the end of the day, uh, I think the president, the former president, has to has to answer for this, whether people agree with the verdict or not. Uh, obviously, uh, ever, being accused of this and having a jury find you guilty in some capacity, civilly liable in some capacity, is not good. Uh, and, and certainly, uh, I think the former president understands that. And so, you know, he's going to have to answer for that. I know he's got a town hall tonight on CNN. I'm sure he's going to be asked about it. Uh, and I think he, he needs to have an explanation.
0: Well, two things. First of all, forget about CNN. He's going to be on with me tomorrow morning at 8.05. Right here.
8: There you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you got Sid and Trump tomorrow, 8.05. But look, 30-year case, New York judge who hates his guts, jury made up of mostly liberals. He couldn't even detail a lot of the stuff that happened along the way. He do not have to be a, a scientist here to figure out. They were going to trump up some charge against him. He wasn't going to walk out unscathed. But she said he raped me, and the jury said he didn't. That's the bottom line.
12: Oh, look, they they did not get uh, you know any civil uh, conviction on uh, on uh, the rape charge, certainly. Uh, but again, I I think at the end of the day, uh, the former president is dealing with a lot of legal challenges. Uh, he needs to have answers on it. The American people uh, want somebody who's going to be able to deal with the challenges that they're uh, facing and not have to continually be distracted yeah. uh, by one civil or criminal case after another. So, so he's he's got to answer for for a lot of these charges that are coming at him. And, um, you know, whether whether they're fair or unfair, uh, the bottom line is he's got to deal with them.
0: Well, here's my question to you, then, on the way out. Who is going to have a worse day today? The former president after this verdict yesterday, which, again, I think is a win, or the current president after Jim Comer's press conference?
12: You know, uh, (laughs) frankly, I I think the the American people are are having the worst of it, to be honest with you. This isn't a win for anybody. And I I think... uh, we need to expect more out of our elected officials and our candidates, and, and both uh, both seem to be having a bad day, quite frankly.
0: Uh, listen, Mike, you're always terrific. You really are. I love the honesty. Thank you for hopping on with me discussing all these major issues. Good luck uh, up in Rockland County today, and uh, good luck getting to President Biden. Thank you, Mike. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. There he is, the pride of Rockland County, Congressman Mike Lawler, discussing a lot of topics it's a pretty busy news cycle, I would say. And that's going to wrap up our first two hours of Sid in the Morning, which was great. And we got two more great hours to come. In fact, we start hour number three, the top of the 8 o'clock hour, with the man of the moment, the man who got the win yesterday. wasn't Trump. It was our defense attorney, Joseph Tacopina. We talked to Tacopina on Sid and Friends in the Morning. Coming up next. Come on.
1: is sit in friends in the morning
0: friends,
1: 77 wabc
5: i think it's a raw shock verdict um you know people who support trump will read it as a victory because the most important thing is the jury found he did not rape her she testified under oath that he did rape her and so the jury didn't believe that And this isn't a criminal case where the jury might have had a reasonable doubt The jury actually made a finding that he didn't rape her. And it seems to me that if that's the case, how do you have defamation? Because the defamation is basically he said he didn't rape her. She was lying. The jury essentially found maybe that she was lying because they did not find the highest count, the most important count. So the people who support him will see it as a victory. The people who oppose him will see it as a defeat.
0: That's my buddy Alan Dershowitz. We did an hour together yesterday on television. He made those comments on this station with Katz and Cosby, 5 p.m. every weekday. But he said what I said right after the verdict. This woman claimed rape, and there was no rape. So the fact that this jury came up with a trumped-up second charge, number two, by the way, on the instructions. You guys don't know that, but that's how it works. If no rape, go to number two. If yes rape, go to number four. And some ridiculous fine. In the end, uh, the win, not really for Donald Trump, the win goes to Joe Tacopina, who did a tremendous job on this case. I told him that moments after the verdict. I know President Trump told him the same thing. So here he is, my dear friend of 45 years, should be very proud of himself this morning, the great defense attorney, Joseph Tacapina. Good morning, Tac.
7: Hey, brother. How are you?
0: How are you? How do you feel this morning? Because oh. I... When we first spoke yesterday, you know, you hear the verdict and there is a charge and there is a fine and you're like, well, but as we talked about to think that this jury with this judge Kaplan who made your life miserable in New York, that he was going to walk away unscathed, I think was unrealistic. But once the rape thing was off the table, that's a win. How do you feel today?
7: Yeah, I mean, I and, and that's how the, the Trump people in the campaign are looking at it, um, I think to a degree that's how Donald Trump's looking at it. Um, you know, me, I'm just a competitor, and, and I want to I want to have a clean sweep. Um, but you know, here's the fact of life: this is New York City. It's Donald Trump. Um, you had a judge who just hated him, who um, and made it, by the way wasn't wasn't hiding that, right? Um, you know, you have a, a a jury pool of people who hate him. And worse, we didn't even know who these people were, Sid. Remember, they were anonymous, but not just anonymous. Like in mob cases, jurors are anonymous, but the lawyers get to know who they are. So we can do a background on them or something. Here, we don't – I mean, we would just look at nine faces. Um, we don't know who they were, what their political leanings were, their backgrounds, if they hated Trump or not. Um, and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, you're right. You were the first to say yesterday after you said it to me that this is a major win for him. Um, you know, Thanks. the campaign people started saying it and then I got a lot of emails from lawyers saying it. To me still it doesn't you know, it doesn't to me a win's a win's a win. But but I appreciate what people are saying. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well you and, should because you the know rape, you... The,
7: rape, the rape the rape was this was a rape case from right. one. Rape, 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 right? The jury Alan Dershifter said best the jury did not believe her. Okay, on the rape claim, he okay, actually so he...
0: said worse, He
7: actually said they thought she was lying. That's a big word for Dershowitz. Well, they had to because she claimed this was rape, rape, rape. And, and what Dershowitz said was really important. People understand this is not a criminal case where you need to prove something beyond a reasonable doubt. This is a civil case where you need a preponderance of the evidence, meaning fifty-one percent. I mean, you could still think ah, forty-nine percent. I think it's BS, but you could still get the verdict here. With the lowest standard allowable in law, the jury still found that she didn't, you know, um, she wasn't raped. And, And that's an important,
6: important thing, I guess.
0: That's the biggest thing. But I will tell you there's a lot of Monday morning quarterback going around, and that is, well, Donald Trump should have been here now. We know the judge hates him, and we know the judge made your life miserable. So when people say that to me, I go, hold on a second. If this judge made Takapina miserable, which he did, any time Takapina brought something up, he didn't want the the, the courtroom to hear it. Everything that she brought up, the the opposing defense was fine. It was beautiful. Um, Could you imagine if Trump was there? Your job would have been impossible.
7: Look, when that argument falls by the wayside when the jury found that he didn't rape her, despite all that she claimed was he raped her. So if the jury were impacted or angry that he wasn't there, they would have you know, hooked him up on the rape charge. Um, that's not the case. I mean, we explained to the jury. He said under oath, I didn't do it. And said, this is not a he said, she said case. It's not a, a defense of consent. It's a defense of I don't know what you're talking about, crazy lady. I never met you, right? So think about this. What more can he say other than what he said under oath by video deposition, which is, I didn't do it, okay? him just being there, you know, again, remember the, 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 where we are. We're in Manhattan, New York City. Donald Trump is not hero here to worship you, okay? Um, there's, there's a lot of haters, and it would have brought out a circus atmosphere, and I don't think it would have done us any good. You know, the key thing that this jury kept hearing, which is something that had nothing to do with this case, but they heard it more than anything in this case was the access Hollywood tape. Okay? That that tape is a horrible tape. And and even the president knows that. And it's something that was, you know, said in in half and jest years and years ago. When you listen to the tape, actually, he's not even talking about sexually assaulting anyone. He says, you know, when you're a celebrity, they let you do things. Um and and, and that's not really what this case is about. But that tape obviously was so inflammatory, so yeah. prejudicial. You could yeah. feel it in the courtroom when they kept playing it. Yeah, that it
0: tape. Just, uh, that tape true. in this. That tape in this trial turned out to be Mark Furman.
7: It really had nothing yeah. to do with the case. Nothing to do with the case. Right. Tag, you but, got but it. nothing but, to do with the case. Right. The judge should never have let that in. That's our first issue, on appeal. I mean, look. Here's the thing for, the, for for everyone to understand: an appellate process is not just some you know thing you just go through like, and it really I means nothing. In this case. There are more appellate issues than I've ever seen in any case. This case, I believe, will be overturned. And by the way, it wouldn't be the first time Judge Kaplan was overturned in Carroll v. Trump. He was overturned in the first case on the defamation claim, overturned by the, the, the appellate courts by the Second Circuit, I think he's going to be overturned again on this one because the stuff that he let in was incredible. It was so irrelevant and prejudicial to this claim. But, you know, again, I think there was uh, everyone wanted a certain result. Mm. And unfortunately, they didn't get that certain result because listen to this. Had he been tagged as a rapist, you know, that's all they wanted. They wanted to go around the world saying Donald Trump is legitimately branded as a rapist. Well, he's not. OK. And, you know, there have been so many claims against them that what they're claiming, you know, happened here is, is almost nothing more than what we've all heard a hundred times. Before. Right.
0: I mean, and um, by the way, how could, they, how could they possibly claim defamation? All he said was, I didn't rape her. And by the way, the jury said, you're right. You didn't rape her. So how could there be defamation?
7: It's, uh, it's the Trump factor. It's what it is. Sid. I mean, look, it's if all she claimed was rape, the jury found there was no rape. How 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 is it possible that we then find anything else? You, you can't, but they did, and they did because of Access Hollywood. They did because of you know how New York City feels about him. They did because it was an uh, atmosphere in that courtroom uh, that was very slanted against Donald Trump. Um, and and you know the the, the judge, judge has on the scales, I believe, and and mm. it came out that way. Look, we made a motion for a mistrial on the second day because of the bias of the court. We did. And, um, you know, we'll
0: see where that goes. Well, by the bias of the court, Joseph, I got to tell you, you've been involved in two cases for Trump, okay, too. One of them is really a federal trial that they jury rigged to make it into a civil trial, which was two years past the statute of limitations. This one, talking about statute of limitations, there's your appeal right there. This case is 30 years old. No one remembers anything that happened that day. Where are all these statute of limitations in both of your cases (laughs) for Donald Trump?
7: Well, what? first of all, the question said, what day? What day? Because no one knows what day. No one knows what year. Come on. See, so I said to the jury, I said, in, in the Carol cases, if, you know, give us a date of the year, October 7th, 1995. Give us something. Because we have calendars. We can check the president's calendars. We can check Donald Trump's schedule, even as far back as then, because he had security detail and everything. So show us something, because they knew if they gave us a date certain, then they run the risk that he's in New Mexico or something like that. I mean and, and that would have been the end of the case. It's it's look, what was done here was wrong, in my opinion. And um I believe it's still gonna turn out okay. I really do me too but I think you want to you. most importantly, you know Donald Trump, all they want to do is him a rapist. I mean, rapist, rapist, rapist. Every day going to court, you heard all those protesters. Rapist, rapist, rapist. Yeah. When we left yesterday, they were like, um, oh, well,
0: sexual abuser. Yeah, sexual yeah. abuser. Yeah, you got, you got to see Joe and Mika for two and a half hours. They're talking to Liz Warren right now. Trump bound libel of sexual abuse and defamation. I, I got to tell you, uh, you told me after the summation it was the best one you've ever done. And I got some friends in the business, uh, besides you, my best friend. And uh, they said you brought up something in the courtroom. That was eerily similar to this case, and that was an 11-year-old law and order episode where a good-looking woman walks into Bergdorf Goodman, wow, meets a guy, a well-dressed guy in Bergdorf Goodman. They end up in the dressing room together. She claims... In the lingerie, se- in the lingerie section. The lingerie not just, section. Not just any not right. the women's wear section. And she claims right. he raped her. I mean, four, four salient points that this lady made that were in that exact episode. And I was told when you said, are you aware of this, she said yes, and Kaplan still, still made it sound like you were making up a bummer mindset. Is that true?
7: Basically, he told the court there's no proof that this this episode exists. Um, but, you know, listen, again, we were up against it. And, and that's the bottom line. And, and look, this, the fact that there was a Law & Order episode of exactly what she testified to before her story came out. I mean, the, what's the odds of that? The coincidence would have to be one in two, two billion, you know, for that to be accurate. So it's just, you know, it's uh, it's something that really is <laughs> just,
0: it really, I, thought, I, I thought, thought that was a great really job. Is. I thought you did a great job there. Now, the next question is uh, there's no question you're going to appeal. I'd be shocked mm-hmm. if you didn't win the appeal. But will you do the appeal or find an appellate lawyer?
7: No, no, we will do that appeal. I mean, we may bring in one, but, you know, Chad is, uh, Siegel is, is my partner and one of the best writers in the business. So, um, you know, we, we, are very passionate about this appeal and we want to see this thing through and, you know, we'll be doing that. And, uh, Whoever we have to bring in the help, we will, but this is a case where I'm, I'm looking at the issues, and I just looked down at my notes. I mean, there are literally seven substantial issues for appeal. I mean, Reed Hoffman funded this. Don't forget, Reed Hoffman, the, the Democratic billionaire, founder of LinkedIn, who, who funds the Democratic Party more than any other billionaire, um, you know, has made a, a, a statement that he, he is absolutely going to go after Trump. He funded this litigation.
0: And by the way, Um, so that's all you need to know. I mean, we spent so much time, Joe Tacopino, talking about George Soros buying universities, buying media outlets, funding politicians. She got funded by a guy who's basically George Soros. What else do you need to know?
7: And and somehow that wasn't able to come out of the trial, which is a little shocking, considering um, he was sued for saying that this was a politically motivated um case right. but yet the judge didn't let that out
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and while you doing this are you still at the same the same time wrap it up right here you've been magnificent again joe are you still at the same time preparing stuff for the return to court in december on the album brad case or is that kind of just yeah, put well, to the we, side
7: no 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 that's still there but we we sort of thrown a monkey wrench into that a little bit we've uh moved to remove that to federal court um and that's all that's pending right now. We're waiting to hear what happens there. But we're trying to get that into federal court um, where, well, it doesn't belong anywhere. But if it belongs anywhere, it's in federal court. It shouldn't be in state court. It's against a federal Agreed. election. It is. Um, right. So, right. Yep, yep.
0: so what happens next? I think I was told that tomorrow is tomorrow the day where the judge comes out. And I know the, 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 the fine is about $5 million. Is tomorrow the day we get the actual fine? And that's when you guys go to work to rip this thing apart?
7: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we've, we've already started looking at, at the transcripts and flagging and things. And, and yes, um, things will be ripped apart immediately.
0: Well, listen, I thought you did against, really, against overwhelming odds and a ridiculous challenge, really unwinnable. fact that this man was not found liable of rape may be the greatest moment in your unbelievable 30-plus year career. I mean that. So... I'm proud of you. I love you. I know Trump feels the same. He did a great job. And now yeah, just move forward getting with him.
7: Yesterday. Yeah, he was very gracious yesterday. after He did an amazing job. He read the transcript of the Smiths. Good. Because I there. tell you what, if that son
0: of a bitch wasn't gracious, I was going to cancel him tomorrow. My it to you, Joe Tacopino, first. Hey, great job, buddy. I'm proud of you. Thank you for hopping on. This was a great conversation. Continued Absolutely. success. All right, brother. You. you got it. There he is. Trump's lucky to have him. It's my guy, Joe Tacopina. Happy birthday, Bono, sixty-three years old. To the great lead singer of U2, this, off of Unforgettable Fire, is Pride in the name of love.
2: Or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G A B O Law.com. Gabolaw, where winning is no accident.
1: Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Friends.
8: if
0: you tuned in last segment and expected to hear President Trump, you got a great interview with his defense attorney, Joseph Takapina. Trump will be here tomorrow. He did reschedule just one day. President Trump coming up tomorrow at 8.05. Got a huge show tomorrow. Judge Napolitano, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, my mother, Naomi Rosenberg, and uh, President Trump, Trump 8.05, tomorrow. She didn't miss him. E. Jean Carroll is on CNN as we speak. And God, who cares what she has to say? She lied.
13: Yeah. A liar. A liar. 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 No, she's, a liar. Lying, liar. Um, she's a lying. She's
0: a lying. Leave it right there. That's fine. Yeah,
13: there
0: okay. Right there. So, uh, Scott Baio, he's going to come on because he returned my text at 4 o'clock in the morning, California time. He's leaving California. He was on Jesse Waters last night. He still looks great, chachi. Still a handsome guy. But he's had enough. Brooklyn-born Scott Bayo, who just did his comedy show at Severian High School last summer in Rockaway, our uh, neck of the woods at Lewis. He's going to leave L.A. and uh, move someplace else. So awaiting waiting on Bayo, maybe Alan Dershowitz. Peter King's going to stop by. And then we've got this press conference at 9 o'clock with Jim Comer, which he's been calling for two days, quote, judgment day for the Bidens, He's got bank records, all kinds of stuff, tax evasion charges, maybe gun charges, I don't know, all kinds of stuff that uh, may, he says, cripple the Biden criminal family. No, we're going to go to you later because I do have Dershowitz on the phone right now. And I did have the really honor of doing a full hour of television yesterday with Alan. And I'm just a dopey radio guy. But Alan agreed with me for the most part with some of the points that I was making. Here he is, the great constitutional lawyer. Moments after Joe Tacapina was just on, here's my friend Alan Dershowitz, Mr. Brooklyn. How are
5: you? Good. I would give you an A plus for being a really great lawyer. Without having gone to law <laughs> school, you got it. You got. It everything right. Wow.
0: Well, coming from you, that's really intense. And uh, last time he said something like that, I actually started to cry in front of Lou, I'm being honest. That's how much I love, honor, and respect you. But look, uh, again, not being a lawyer, all I know is this. Following it closely with you and Idala and Takapina, she contended he raped me. And he didn't. So the fact that the number two charge on the jury instructions reads sexual abuse and there's some minimal fine they attach to it, I know there's no real winners and losers. Both sides, like you said, claim victory. But with no rape, that's a Trump win in my book.
5: No, I agree with you. Uh, She testified under oath. She swore, subject to perjury, that she was raped. Not that she was merely molested. Not that she was touched. But I'm not going to describe in great detail what she said. But what she said constituted an absolute rape. And the jury didn't believe her. And if the jury didn't believe her about that, obviously the rest of the verdict was a compromise verdict. Well, you know, he didn't show up for trial. He didn't respect us. He's not a nice guy. Yeah, maybe he touched her. Maybe he did this. Maybe he did that. But how do you get a verdict of malicious defamation when basically he said, I didn't rape her, and that's the defamation – And the jury finds he didn't rape her. So, look, if his name weren't Donald Trump, this would be reversed on appeal. But with a name like Donald Trump, this will be uphill. There are so many issues on appeal. Statute of limitations. Who's ever heard of a case being tried 27 years later by an adult? Number one. Number two, anonymous jurors. How do you find out whether a juror was biased? You could have had a juror on that jury who has written letters saying, oh, my God, Trump's the worst person in the world. I'm sure he's a rapist, even if if there's no evidence. We don't know any of that because we don't know the names of the jurors. There was no reason for that. There was no reason for allowing the Access Hollywood tape. And the Access Hollywood tape is exactly the opposite of what he was charged with. In the Access Hollywood tape, he says, women are willing to let me touch them. That's not what he was charged with. He was charged with women not willing to let me touch him. So that is such a prejudicial, uh, without relevance, piece of evidence. So, uh, you know, I hope he has a good appellate lawyer. I think an appeal would succeed in the normal situation. And the interesting thing is, Under the normal schedule, an appeal will be decided either just before the election or just after the election. So, you know, this case isn't over yet.
0: Interesting. Well, I did ask Takapina about an appellate lawyer because of what you said yesterday. I followed your lead, Alan. He is going to do it. He's got a guy who works in his firm. His name is Chad Siegel. He works with Takapina every day, and he's going to use him, I think, on the appeal. So it stays with uh, Takapina, to your point. But you're right. You know, you said yesterday, it was kind of a Rorschach verdict, Trump supporters like me, Sid Rosenberg, were going to claim victory, and I did right away, right away. And MSNBC, for example, this morning, they can't get enough of this, because now they can label him a, quote, sexual abuser. And, uh, of course, he lost the defamation part of the suit, too. So you're right. You said it yesterday, Alan. Both sides are claiming victory. And I guess maybe they can, right?
5: Yeah. Now, uh, Joe DeCapino is a great lawyer, but I always think it's a mistake uh, not to have an outside person uh, as an appellate lawyer, at least as an appellate consultant and advisor. I'm not volunteering. I've done enough on this case. But (laughs) I do think he has to get somebody who's outside the firm because one of the issues on appeal might have to challenge what happened at the trial and what the defense attorney did. So I I never like when the same law firm that tried the case then appeals the case.
0: Well, let's that, keep it right here. You, you said you're not necessarily volunteering, but if I text Hacapina after you hang up and say, hey, give what's a call, would you consider doing no, I it?
5: W- no, I, I won't do the case. I mean, look, I'll, I'll, I have for years advised any lawyer. If any lawyer has the question, I'm willing to give them my 60 years of experience on the case. But there were some fantastic appellate lawyers. Let me give you an example. You know Arthur is firm. Uh, the two judges, Judge Cayman's and Judge Leventhal, they both sat on the appellate court for years. They are phenomenal appellate lawyers. Uh, uh, Takapino ought to consult with them and not allow a, an inside um, law firm uh, appeal without any input from the outside. I think he's smart enough to know that. I think he'll do it. And those two people are are phenomenal appellate lawyers. So he ought to get somebody like that who's outside the firm at least to oversee what's going on to make sure that they raise every issue, even issues that might not look so good to the trial lawyer uh, himself. Uh, The the goal is not to look good. The goal is to win the appeal.
0: Right. Now, one thing that you've been adamant about, you've been on with me so often lately. I love it. I'm really honored. Uh, Going back to the Brad case was – you can't have these venues in New York City because time and time again, the judges, the juries, they're anti-Trump. We know that was well, the case. combine that.
5: Right. Well, combine, but no, combine that with the fact that the defense attorney didn't learn the name, still don't know the names of the jurors. Right. How do you investigate the possible bias of jurors if you don't know their name? When I get a trial, the first thing I do is I find out the names of the jurors and I go to all of their social media public things I go to Facebook I go to Twitter and I see who they are what they're about cuz they're not going to tell you the truth during the voir dire jurors when they're asked questions either lie to get on the jury or lie to stay off the jury some of them obviously tell the truth but we know we've had case after case after case where after the trial we've discovered that jurors withheld information that would have gotten them disqualified How do you do that when you don't even know the names of the jurors? And then this 27-year-old case, I don't believe that the Seventh Amendment to the Constitution and the Due Process Clause allows the state legislature to expand the statute of limitations after it's already expired. You know, when it's already expired, you heave a sigh of relief. You say it's over. I'm free. And then the state legislature comes and says, no, whoops, we're going to expand it, make it forever and ever and ever and you can try somebody no matter how long ago it was and and it's reflected in this verdict because it's 20 whatever years ago and and the jury says you know did he rape her did he touch her no. uh, we don't know uh mm. we weren't in the room uh she says one thing he says another thing he he testified on deposition look i also think he made a mistake not being in the court well i
0: brought that up with Tacapina i said there's yeah, a lot of people yeah. who think and he, listen, he had a very good argument. He said, look, yeah. the judge hated him. The uh, the jury was going to hate him. Uh, yeah. They were going to make my life even more miserable. Every time Takapina made a point, uh, the judge sustained the other side. Um, yeah. so, so he said if Trump shows up, it's going to make a miserable situation for us even worse.
5: No, that's possible. And I never want to second-guess a lawyer because he knows more about the case. But I do think when a jury hears directly from the alleged victim and and she looks them in the eye and she cries and she gets sympathy, and then the defendant doesn't even show up in the courtroom, it might show a bit of disrespect. I think reasonable people could disagree about that. I think I would have called it differently. But, you know, reasonable lawyers could do it the other way, and he's a good lawyer.
0: What do you think about uh, the Brad case? He's involved in that one, too, the one before this. Now moving that to the federal court.
5: I hope it gets moved to the federal court, and I hope it gets moved to Staten Island or to Rockland County or to one of the upstate counties. I think this case proves beyond any doubt you can't get a fair trial if your name is Donald Trump in Manhattan, where what 87 percent of voters voted against uh, uh, Donald Trump. You you just can't get a fair trial. Uh, You have to move it to a place where there's a little bit of uh, equality in terms of the voting pool. Um, There are so many problems with the Brad case. I've said this before. I've done this 60 years, 60 years, teaching, practicing, lecturing. I have never seen a weaker indictment in 60 years than the Bragg case. There isn't even a misdemeanor. (laughs) The theory of the misdemeanor is when you pay hush money, you have to then publicly disclose it. Who would ever pay a nickel of hush money if the law is you have to disclose it? I mean, ever since Alexander Hamilton (laughs) paid hush money back in, what, 17-whatever, 18. early 1800s, uh, hush money has been routinely paid by prominent people, and they pay it to keep it quiet. And then Breck says, no, but you have to put it on your corporate form. Otherwise, we'll turn it into a felony. It's the most absurd theory I have ever heard in 60 years of practice.
0: You know, my favorite part of the television we did together yesterday, Alan, other than listening to you talk about this case, which was an honor, was it's unbelievable the timing in your life, Mr. Dershowitz. But you actually held up your book and you said, look, this case proves once again they're out to get Trump. I mean, that's the name, if you folks don't know, of Alan's new book, Get Trump. And every time you're on, two or three times a week, we're talking about some other judge or jury or politician or somebody looking to get Trump. An amazing title,
5: Alan. Right. I, appreciate, I wish I could take credit for the title. It's not my title. It's the title that comes from the attorney general, and the district attorney of New York's campaign pledges. They both campaigned to get Trump. I just borrowed the title from them. <laughs> it's part of the reality. You get two people who are running and saying, if you elect me, I'm going to bring Trump down. And therefore, if they don't bring Trump down, they won't get reelected. They fail to keep their campaign promise. And then you get jurors who voted for uh, James and Bragg, and they want to help the person they voted for. Satisfy their campaign promises. I mean, the whole thing is just so unjust. If it were your brother or your uncle rather than Donald Trump, you would be outraged yep. at how the weaponization of the criminal justice system against one individual. Look, it's an individual I voted against. It's an individual I've had problems with some of the policies that he's had. I know you're for him. I'm against him. That should be decided at the polls. We'll see who wins in, 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 in you know, next November administrators, district attorneys, elected Democratic officials shouldn't decide who can run for president. Uh, We have the right to vote whichever way we want. That's American democracy.
0: I can't thank you enough, Alan. You come on. You're really, really great. The insight you provide is so valuable, and you're just so nice to me, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Alan Dershowitz. I love you, pal.
5: Thank you. You too. Bye. Take care. Alan Dershowitz.
1: WABC. 77 WABC. This is sit and Friends in the
8: Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friend.
0: song city of blinding lights this was used in the movie devil wears prada in paris you know the old joke what's the difference between jesus and bono jesus doesn't walk around dublin thinking he's god peter may, though there's a great irishman today is bono's birthday he's 63 years old and peter being uh, you're the guy that of course put together the uh, for the most part you bill clinton and others played a major role in putting together that treaty between Northern Ireland and and uh, the British many years ago, almost three decades ago. Are you a big Bono fan, big U2 fan?
14: Yeah, actually, my son is a big uh, Bono fan. And also, I should tell you that my son-in-law uh, grew up in Dublin, and Bono worked in the post office in his neighborhood. Is that right? It was, yeah, he was uh, <laughs> behind the counter at the post office. And then after nine eleven, they did a special concert in Madison Square Garden, uh, you 2 did, for the cops and firefighters. And I was able to go backstage and uh, meet him. I remember the Edge was walking around in the bathrobe, and oh, it was uh, the great. most relaxed group of guys I ever met in my life. And he could have been more gracious, I gotta say. Very friendly guy. Uh, but my son knows every word. He travels all over to hear them. He's one of those U2 fanatics uh, between you 2 and Depeche, uh, Depeche Mode. Yes. That's beautiful I actually
0: got a text from your son, Sean King, yesterday, because it was the lead singer for Depeche Mode's birthday, and we played a bunch of Depeche Mode music, and your son, Sean, was so
14: happy. Yeah, he's not happy with me, but he's happy with you and the Depeche Mode <laughs> music. And actually, Sean and I get along great. We talk about three times a day. So.
0: Great. Now, he's a great kid. Both your kids, your daughter, too, is... He's great, and you're a great father and, of course, a tremendous politician, congressman for so long, and homeland security and all that. And you've been very outspoken about Donald Trump on this show. You were friendly with Donald Trump, maybe still are, many, many years. Uh, you've said time and time again you love his policies, but you think the Republicans need a new voice. There's lots of Republicans today that are saying, well, after this verdict yesterday, we definitely need a new voice, and there are some like me that are now doubling down. In their support of Donald Trump. Where are you this morning? Well,
14: let me tell you, I mean, say up front. Personally, I have no problem at all with Donald Trump. He was extremely friendly with me. When my daughter had breast cancer, he called her on his own, spoke to her, always asked how she was doing. Uh, he had my granddaughter into the White House once, took her around, gave her a personal tour. He came into my district twice to campaign uh, against MS-13. He did a, again, phenomenal job. Now, I'm just saying, I think at this stage, after things that have gone on, He's really not going to be a winning candidate. Now, again, I could be wrong, but I feel strongly about that. And uh, we saw even like in 2018 uh, we lost more congressional seats than we'd ever lost in about 50 or 60 years. In 2020, uh, we lost the uh, the Senate, and including the two seats in Georgia, and that was like directly retraceable to Donald Trump. Listen, uh, on his policies as far as China as far as Russia, where nobody realizes he actually had Russian soldiers killed in Syria. I mean, we always talk of him somehow being an apologist for Russia. And nobody supported him more in that uh, the whole Russia hoax thing than I did. And I, I was on the intelligence committee, and I, I was staying there all day into the evening defending Hope Hicks when she was being attacked. When Don Jr. was testifying, I was there the whole day with him. When staff people were being subpoenaed here in New York, I was the only Republican who showed up. Those hearings. So, no, it's not a personal thing. I really do feel that uh, there's it, it, with all the good he does, he also generates the baggage, the, the whole January 6th situation. And as far as yesterday's verdict, listen, I wasn't in the courtroom, but the fact is, this was a rape trial, and uh, they did not find him liable for rape. I think it's an inconsistent verdict because it's not like, let's say, if an assault turns into you know, to a murder, I can see why a jury would wouldn't convict on the top charge. You know, it was a criminal case, and they go one down. But in this she, rape was the whole essence of the trial, That's and right. if they did not find him liable on that, I don't know how you just drop it down and kind of well, okay, it wasn't that, but it was assault, it was battery. And then on the defamation, as both Joe Tacopina and Dirchow said, said, uh, I mean, he was the, the uh, uh, slander he supposedly made was that. Uh, you know, she was a liar when she said that uh, he raped her. Well, that's what the jury found. So listen, I'm not defending his conduct. I don't know what happened that day, but I think Joe Tacopina – by the way, anyone who's taken a cheap shot at Joe Tacopina doesn't know what they're talking about. He's a great lawyer, a great guy, great guy to have in your corner, and he's, I mean, he's the type of both street fighter and incredibly intelligent guy you need to win in a courtroom in New York. And yesterday, I think he got the best victory anybody could have gotten. And, again, I, I don't know what happened that day back in 1992, whatever it was. I don't know uh, how she testified. I was not in the courtroom. But just looking at the cold facts of what the jury decided, to me, it seems like a very inconsistent verdict.
0: Peter King, by the way, uh, I, I'm going to miss it and ask you this. I apologize. How do you feel?
14: I'm feeling good. Uh, doctors good. expect a full recovery in a few weeks. Uh, almost full, and uh, actually, uh, I walked almost a mile yesterday. So oh, I'm that's sure great. Good. Okay,
0: great. Uh, I do want to ask you about uh, Santos. I know that you and Joe Cairo and Anthony Esposito and uh, Bruce Blakeman, all my favorite Long Island people, have been very vociferous from day one that he's got to go. Now he's been indicted, so it looks like the victory is on its way. Your thoughts on the George Santos indictment, a guy right in your backyard?
14: Yeah, to me, this makes it a lot easier for the Ethics Committee in the House. Listen, I, I don't know how long it would take to go to trial. It could be a year, year and a half before this goes to trial. But I would hope that the Ethics Committee doesn't back off now because there's an indictment. They can, they can do their own investigation. It should give them the impetus they need to, uh, to uh, ask to have him expelled from the Congress. And I think he, he will be if the Ethics Committee goes forward. Sometimes the Justice Department asks them to hold off until the criminal case is over this criminal's case could take a year and a half to two years. So I would hope they can expedite this and move it forward. I don't want to prejudge anyone. I know he doesn't belong in Congress. Uh, I don't know what the charges are actually going to be. I assume they're going to be on uh, campaign finance, which is not necessarily petty. I mean, he's going to have to account where does $700,000 come from when he, he he's only making $55,000 a year. Was the money laundering involved? Uh, what? Who gave him that money? Why did they give it to him? Why did he have all these expenses for $199 just for $1 under the limit? So he could be indicted on many, many charges today. But I just hope this isn't the end. And I'm not trying to be be him criminally. I'm just saying morally and responsibly he does not belong in the Congress. So I hope the Ethics Committee goes forward in the House and moves to have him expelled.
0: Title 42 is going to expire tonight at midnight tomorrow. Who knows? Could be thousands and thousands and thousands more entering the country. You know the fight that Rockland County I had Michael Lawler on earlier right. having with the mayor. And who knows? The mayor may decide next week that, um, I don't know, Seaport Oyster Bay is a nice place for a couple thousand migrants. <laughs> I, I nice, mean, Kathy, you hope wanted that to build housing out there in Nassau County. You never know.
14: Right. Yeah. Also, let me just say, uh, yeah, Curtis is a friend of mine. I know he likes to fool around. But when he starts saying that Bruce Blakeman is going to be bringing illegals in, that's a terrible thing to say. First of all, it's wrong. It's a lie. It's totally untrue. And that's that's not something you should kid around about because that could have a tremendous impact, just the the talk of that happening, what that could do to the local economy, what that could do just – the whole issue. So it's really un- unfair to Bruce, who I think is doing a great job as county executive. Laura Conner is a good friend of mine. Bruce is doing though, an outstanding job as county executive. And, listen, it's always good, you know, funny games to take shots at people. But I think it's really wrong to be spreading that type of false rumor about illegal immigrants somehow being smuggled into Esau County by Bruce Boyklin. Curtis is suspended. That's it. Uh, put, put him, put him <laughs> on the list. <laughs> 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 i agree
0: with you and bruce is a friend of mine too you know i love bruce and he is doing a great job but on a serious note not, not that that wasn't yeah. serious and course shouldn't do that but on a serious note i mean what's going to stop that from happening one day not bruce but you know the uh, people deciding to can they do that and i don't know how that works in terms of uh well, that's, that's
14: why we really have to stand by uh, uh county executive ed Day and mike lola in uh uh, Rockland County, because that's really going to be the test case. I mean, can you get court orders to keep them out? How can that be done? And uh, so I think everyone should be Rockland. We should all stand in solidarity with Rockland County and Ed Day, the county executive up there, because if we lose in Rockland, we could end, uh, end up losing all over the state. Some
0: people said that when a public official like Ed Day, I love what he did, and I'm fine with the, with the mayor. I love that he threatened the mayor with physical violence. I really don't, because people are really fed up. They're really pissed. They're really angry. Some people said you want to step too far. What did you think?
14: No, listen, uh, first, I don't think it bothers Eric Adams either. I mean, you know, let's face it. You know, these are big boys, and uh, both of them know how to talk. I give Jay credit for though for cutting through the BS and saying the way he felt. No one thinks he's going to physically assault the mayor, but he's, that was a, a metaphor. That was his way of showing how angry he is I agree. and how angry the people of Rockland County are. I agree. By the way, my uh, longtime poster John McLaughlin lives in Rockland County. He's also standing with the county executive.
0: Good, good. So last one, Jim Colmer is about to hold his press conference. I'm going to carry it live coming up. In about seven minutes, he's calling it Judgment Day for the Bidens. He's got bank records that show that Joe, Joe, that's what we care about. We don't care about Uncle Jimmy or Hunter or the sister. We want Joe. And he says he's got the information that will finally put the president right in the middle of this Hunter Biden scandal. Your thoughts on this upcoming presser?
14: Yeah, you know, I, I really didn't know Jim Coleman because he came in in my last year in Congress, and that's during COVID. We were never down there. But from watching him and listening to him and talking to people, uh, he seems like he's doing an excellent job, a very thorough job. He's, uh, he, he's a good flair for television, but he also seems to have a very workmanlike approach. So I think it's, it's going to be a fascinating news conference. I look to watching it. And again, if they can tie this to Joe Biden, and the reason it's important to have the family, though, it shows that if, if it's true, that's all our conspiracy. They're all taking care of each other. So, uh, no, it's going to be vital to watch. It's going to be important. And I think... Hopefully, hopefully the media will be forced to pay attention to it, and maybe even Merrick Garland will find out what's going on.
0: Yeah, that's a good, that's right, Merrick Garland, that's right. Hey, Peter, I'm uh, so happy you're feeling better. You sounded great, as always, this morning. Uh, best regards to your wife and your kids and everybody. We love you. We'll do it again next week, buddy. Thank you so much. You're great.
14: Yeah, thank you. Thank
0: you're the man. There he is, Peter King. Some more YouTube Bono, on his 63rd birthday, fourth and final hour, including the Jim Comer Presser. Judgment Day for the Bidens. Keep it right here. We've got it. Nobody else. Right here. Sitting, friends. Talk Radio 77, W-A-B-C.
1: In friends in the morning.
8: Friends. How many of us have them? friends
1: 77 W A B
8: C
0: Hill. James Comer, as we speak, is walking to the podium with the latest on the Biden crime family. We go live to the press conference. Here's Jim Comer out of Kentucky. I believe it's Comer here. Yes, it is. A bunch of them at the podium. Let's go live to Capitol Hill. Waiting for Jim Comer to start.
8: Jim
0: Judgment Day, he's called it. Comer live on Capitol Hill with the latest on the Bidens. Okay. <laughs> Comer, of course, is the House Oversight Committee right. Chairman.
4: Thank you all for coming today. Since taking the gavel in January, The Committee on Oversight and Accountability has accelerated its investigation of the Biden family's domestic and international business practices that we began last Congress. I want to be clear. This committee is investigating President Biden and his family's shady business deals that capitalize on Joe Biden's public office and risked our country's national security. This committee has a duty to ask questions and pursue the facts. No matter where they take us. Through the committee's investigation, we intend to provide transparency to the American people and reach legislative solutions. In only four months since obtaining subpoena authority, we have made astonishing progress. Today, we'll talk about that progress. First, we want to discuss information the committee has learned since our last press conference in November. New information. Investigators have uncovered regarding the transfer of money from foreign entities to the Biden family. Many of the wire payments occurred while Joe Biden was vice president and leading the United States efforts in these countries. First instance, while Vice President Biden was lecturing Romania on anti-corruption policies, in reality he was a walking billboard for his son and family to collect money. Hunter Biden and his associates capitalized on a lucrative financial relationship with a Romanian national who was under investigation for and later convicted of corruption in Romania. The Bidens received over $1 million for the deal. And 16 of the 17 payments to their associates' account that funneled the Bidens' money occurred while Joe Biden was vice president. In fact, the money stops flowing from the Romanian national soon after Joe Biden leaves the vice presidency. This is a pattern of influence peddling. This appears separate from any payment Hunter received from his work connecting this individual to a U.S. law firm. We'll also provide further information regarding the Biden's relationship with China, this includes two individuals the committee is particularly concerned about. One of them, Yi Jinming, had close ties to the highest levels of the Chinese Communist Party and operated a multi-billion dollar energy company with access to large sums of money. We'll discuss how the Bidens received millions of dollars from this individual through the use of shell companies and wire transfers. In March, the committee released its first bank records memorandum that showed a Biden associate, Rob Walker, used his company to funnel money from the Chinese to various Biden family members. Democrats dismissed the evidence, even though it was based on bank records directly from the bank. The Democrats on the oversight committee received the same records as the Republicans, and they were able to verify the information. Democrats said all the bank records showed were Papa John's and Starbucks receipts. They deliberately chose to misconstrue and deny what was clearly in front of them. Hunter Biden's representatives claimed the money was, quote, good faith seed funds, but could not explain why those funds had to go through an intermediary in what appears to be an attempt to hide the transfers from the Chinese. They also couldn't explain why the Bidens received over one million dollars In 16 different wire transfers over a period of three months to at least five different banks. The president, when confronted with this information, said it wasn't true. Instead of being honest with the American people, President Biden has claimed since the 2020 election that his family has not received money from China. That was a lie in 2020, and he continues to lie to the American people now. The Bidens have received millions of dollars from China. It is inconceivable that the president did not know it. The White House refuses to correct the president's statements, showing the president is now using the federal government to run interference for his families and his own role in these schemes. Now I want to say a few remarks about the developments last week. A week ago, I sent a subpoena to the FBI for a form that a whistleblower has alleged, is in the FBI's possession. We hope the FBI will be transparent and forthcoming and provide the Oversight Committee with the 1023 form we have subpoenaed. If they do, the committee will assess the form it has subpoenaed from the FBI and has been my practice. We will report to you only facts when they are verified and indisputable. This committee will not pursue witch hunts, or string the American people along for years with false promises of evidence that is beyond circumstantial evidence, as Representative Adam Schiff and the Democrats did for years. I trust the whistleblower. A subpoena from this committee is a powerful tool that I do not take lightly. The level of detail provided to Senator Grassley led me to conclude a subpoena was warranted, and I stand by that assessment. I will say this. When Senator Grassley approached me with the information the whistleblower provided, it was because of the information we've learned through this committee's own investigation that indicated to me the whistleblower's allegations are consistent with our independent findings. Those findings are what I called you here today to discuss. The committee has reviewed thousands of bank records from individuals and companies affiliated with the Bidens and their associates. It has received these bank records pursuant to four subpoenas I've issued to different banks. These were targeted and specific subpoenas, and each was different based on the information we believed the banks possessed. Every one of those subpoenas returned valuable information that had been unreported and that contributed to this committee's understanding of how the Bidens conducted their businesses. The committee is concerned by the complicated suspicious network of over 20 companies we have identified the Bidens and their associates used to enrich themselves. Most of these companies were limited liability companies formed during Joe Biden's vice presidency. The bank records show the Biden family their associates and their companies received over 10 million dollars from foreign nationals and their companies. Some of that money came from a Chinese company and went to Hunter Biden's company. Other transfers occurred with the help of Rob Walker.
0: You are listening live minute, to Kentucky's Jim Comer, Capitol Hill. This is Judgment Day for the Bidens. They've got proof of bank transfers and monies Chinese from foreign nations. Here's more of Jim liability Comer.
4: ...liability companies in the United States, and then in a short period of time, transferred their interest to a Chinese company that sent money to the Bidens. This is not normal. Hunter Biden and his associates courted business in countries that correlated directly with Joe Biden's work as vice president. This is also not normal. It is not ethical. And this is why we need legislative solutions. Our purpose here is to provide legislative solutions to prevent this unethical behavior from ever happening again. This investigation is about investigating allegations of corruption and fraud at the highest levels of the federal government. This should be a bipartisan issue. This committee is considering legislation that would ensure these sorts of business practices do not continue for Democrats or Republicans. Specifically, the committee is crafting legislative solutions aimed at deficiencies it has identified in ethics laws and disclosure laws for immediate family members of vice president and the president. These deficiencies potentially place American national security and American interest at risk. Additionally, the committee is considering legislation that would strengthen reporting requirements related to certain foreign transactions involving senior elected officials' family members. Finally, the committee is evaluating the Bank Secrecy Act and anti money laundering laws to determine whether financial institutions have the available tools and support from federal agencies to thwart illegal money laundering and foreign corruption activity. As I said, I'm very pleased with the progress the committee is making in this investigation. However, due to the information we're releasing today and further developments the committee is aware of, the investigation will enter a new phase now that is armed with information attained in the bank records. I will soon issue a new round of subpoenas to banks for specific targeted information. I will also provide one more opportunity for certain Biden associates, including his art gallerist and Rob Walker, to cooperate willingly. With this investigation. Finally, I am publicly releasing the second bank's bank accounts memorandum to the American people so they can see for themselves the activities the Biden family is engaged in. Despite the president's statements to the contrary, I want to thank the people and financial institutions that have cooperated with this investigation so far. I also want to encourage more people to come forward and let them know that their information will be kept private and confidential. To my Democrat colleagues, I want to say that this investigation will continue to move forward. Do you want to continue covering up the Biden's influence peddling schemes when the evidence is being placed right in front of you, with or without Democrat support? We will continue working to deliver the answers, transparency, and accountability that the American people deserve. I now turn to Andy Biggs. No, uh, I'm not going to tell Andy Biggs.
0: All right. So, so really, we didn't learn anything new today, other than yes, we've got bank records. These bank records will corroborate what we've been saying for months. What Comer just said is what we've heard for months, that they've been reviewing thousands of bank records, that the Bidens, including Joe, have gotten a ton of money in the millions from other countries. So those 18 minutes of Jim Comer, for me at least, said nothing new. Until I see these bank records, I'm not sure what... um, What we learned today, Biden family took in a million in wire transfers, over 10 million from China. We knew all this. Just so you know, the White House has made a statement today and has said this is complete nonsense. But it is ironic that while Biggs and Comer are on Capitol Hill in D.C. holding this press conference, Biden's not there. He's here. Yeah, he's here in New York. Fundraising talking to the public about the economy and the debt ceiling. But he's here fundraising. He's not even there. And mind you, while Fox News is covering this House Oversight Committee live, we brought it to you from Fox News, none of these liberal channels, CNN, MSNBC, New York One, none of them have even mentioned this. In fact, E. Jean Carroll just went from CNN to msnbc point being i'm not sure this press conference was as big as we thought it was going to be we could only hope so let's uh, take a short break come back more of sitting friends in the morning donald trump 805 tomorrow we'll be right back Stop. Unforgettable fire as we celebrate Bono's 63rd birthday today. Happy birthday, number 63, Bono, you too. So um, the news is they've unsealed the federal charges for George Santos. Well, we've covered so much today. Santos is in custody right now with the DOJ, and it looks like there are 13, 13 federal charges. And with some of those specifics... Here's our newsroom director, Noam Layton.
1: What do you got, Noam? Mr. Sidney, um, yeah, it does not look good. So George Santos is um, expected to appear in a central Islip courtroom this afternoon. And so now we're just getting from some of the charges from the uh, feds, uh, money laundering, fraud, theft of public funds. Those are the first three counts we see. Uh, More are going to come out. This comes as um, officials announced he was being charged last night from the Department of Justice. Uh, Santos is expected to turn himself in, actually, when he shows up at this courthouse. I'm not sure what will happen after that, though he did tell reporters that he expected to be out uh, out of the courthouse answering our questions sometime later this afternoon.
0: All right. Thank you for that, Noam. Sure. CNN is talking about George Santos as we speak. E. Jean Carroll is still pleading her case and claiming victory on MSNBC as we speak, even though the jury called her a liar. And she wasn't raped. And in the meantime, only on Fox News, Nancy Mace out of South Carolina from the House Oversight Committee is making the case that we've reviewed thousands of bank records and the Bidens, including President Joe Biden, are all criminals. But again, that's one network. There's nothing on any of these liberal networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, they didn't break in. So while Jim Comer was telling the world about this criminal enterprise outside of maybe us and Fox News on the radio, you weren't going to see it or hear it anywhere. Maybe the guys across the street. I don't know. But the point is, all these liberal networks, nothing. Nothing. Santos, Carol. But we did carry it for you, 18 minutes. And again, we didn't learn much different than what we already knew. It would be nice if the other, like Ralph said, 75% of the country saw this because maybe it's new for them. So it's not really new for us until we see some of these bank records. But it is alarming that Fox News was the only place to carry it and only a couple of million at most watch Fox News at most this time of the day.
8: 77 WABC
1: Boy now it's time for Sid's take. Sid's take Sid's Take yeah good luck it's Sid's Take sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC
13: <clears throat> Oh hey now
8: <laughs>
13: It is I your host for the Peerless Boilers Sid take Trivia Game, Justin Ellick, once again sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are the world's best built boilers. Our contestant for the game today, Steve, he's out in Jersey City. What's going on, Stevie? I'm here. Yeah, and, well, hopefully. Thank God.
11: Oh. All right.
13: <laughs> I don't know. What people... Congratulations on the yeah. game. I, you. <laughs> I don't know what I would have done if you weren't here, Steve. Uh, all right. You got any uh, big plans for your Wednesday, there, Steve? Uh, just working today. That's all. huh cool man. What do you do? Uh... I'd rather not say. Okay. That's fine by me. Ooh, fine um, by me. Now it's more intriguing. That is, Hey, man, that's your call. All right, We didn't even want to know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fine. Keep it to yourself. All right, Steve. Uh, two for Tuesday. I know it's Wednesday, please. Uh, but uh, this is the game we wrote yesterday. We did not play the game yesterday. So we're going to play that game today on Wednesday, your hump day edition of the Peerless Spoiler Sid's Take Trivia Game. I'll give you two songs, and you got to tell me the artist who wrote those songs. Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. Number one. Your two songs. If you could read my mind and Sundown.
8: Oh, man. I have no idea. I'm mm. say Frank Sinatra. Eh. Loser. Gordon Lightfoot would That's be you?
13: your correct answer there. Gordon oh, Lightfoot. Oh, yeah. mm. for one. Yeah, I would get that. On to number two. Your two songs. Little Wing, and Purple Haze.
8: There you go. Spectacular.
13: One for two. On to number three, your two songs, Paradise City, and November Rain. Oh, uh-huh. man. Oh, Jesus, I know this one. Yeah. Hooray. Sure, you do.
10: I, I can't think of it. Okay. I know. I know it. Right. Well, the, the
13: pressure
10: has <laughs> got to me.
13: Yeah, that's okay. Okay, that's okay, Steve. Your correct answer there, Guns and Roses. No, it's not. Hmm. <laughs> ah.
8: Okay. There you go.
13: On to number four, okay. one for three. Your two songs. Wanna be and stop. huh he's not gonna help you jesus christ did not (laughs) i have no idea man i have no idea okay no idea i'm sorry don't apologize it's okay steve it's all right all right we'll take a uh incorrect on that one spice girls would be your correct answer oh yeah yeah like i would ever get that well listen uh, you know steve i didn't know you i didn't know you were gonna call for the game today you know i didn't i didn't necessarily write the game for uh steve from Jersey City. So. Yes, I know, I know, I know. All right. On to number five, one for four. In an attempt to go two for five, which ain't a bad score? Your two songs. Something in the way. One for five. Something in the way. And come as you are. Rod Stewart. Oh.
8: Loser.
13: All right. One for five. Um could have been worse, but uh yeah yeah
8: could it could have been also
13: also could have been much better. all right, we'll keep you on hold, Steve yeah, and you'll get to hear uh you know my friend from Williamsburg just
0: texted me and said, and I'll quote him Whoa. I, I know what that is feedback you are the best <laughs> in the business you're on fire friend nice. from Williamsburg oh. it's very vague no John. Friend. You're the best in the business. You're on fire? That's no, 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 no. You, no. You, don't worry about my friends. Don't ask any questions
13: about my friends.
0: Brought, okay.
11: Okay, you brought it
13: up. So there are Sorry. rules for this game? What, what do you mean? We're not allowed to ask any questions? No, don't ask any questions. Okay. Well, that was so enlightening. Thanks. It's a it's a huge compliment from a great, great guy. Okay. No. That's all we really need. That's it. <laughs> no. All right. We're playing two for Tuesday because, uh, Jesus honestly, Christ. Uh, the James Comer press conference was so underwhelming. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was going to go... A little bit longer. All right. So, so think, how many did he get right? He got uh, one right. You got to go uh, at least two for five years. Meanie told me
0: every answer was Jesus Christ, basically. Yeah, yeah yeah, Christ. Yeah, 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 Which makes my brain very upset.
13: Oh, it's a, that makes it a very easy game. All but, right, let's uh, go. All right, on to number one. If you could read my mind and sundown. Gordon Lightfoot. Very nice. Died last week. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so now you know how long I've been holding on to this game for. <laughs> yeah. On to number two, Little Wing and Purple Haze.
0: I never heard of Little Wing, but I know Purple Haze is my
13: guy, Jimi Hendrix. Come on! Come on! Two for two. You've already won today's game. Easy work of Steve out in Jersey City. On to number three, Paradise City. Oh, come on. And November (laughs) Rain. (laughs) He didn't know Guns N' Roses? He had to get that one. No, he didn't. Seriously?
0: Yeah, he got number two. What is that commercial that Slash does? He looks so silly. Oh, we you ever see saw it, it in that commercial? He's soon. auditioning
11: for a yeah. band,
0: yes. Yeah. Stupid. Mm. He's a great guitarist.
13: He was in that video game Guitar Hero. That's exactly right, yeah. <laughs> great reference. <laughs> All right, number four Wanna Be and Stop. I'm sorry? Wanna Be and Stop. Why did you yell stop like that? I don't know. Uh, uh, you know Wanna Be and Stop. Yeah. Dion and the Belmonts. Ah. so close. Ah. Shut up. God. Well, the correct answer there would be Spice Girls. Oh, come on. Why would you ask? Oh, that? come on. Come on. What do you, what do you, I'm not going I to. They're all going to be layups.
11: Even, I don't even think David Beckham knows the answer to that, and he's banging one of them. Mm, I know. He doesn't care, probably.
13: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I
8: know. <laughs> yeah, I
13: know. <laughs> she don't say stop to him often, I'll tell you that. Whoa, know. whoa, whoa. Hey. Now, on to <laughs> number five. You think She's attractive. Mm-hmm. She's not my type. <laughs> She's not my type either. To be honest. It's like a twig.
0: Yeah, horrible. Street. horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know me. I like a girl who's got an ass. So I'll it's no good. Sure. Yeah. That's what All it right. says on the billboard. Something, something. hold got on. An ass, yeah. on yeah. Sitting friends in the morning. We you like ass.
8: <laughs> it. Put that on. <laughs>
0: yeah.
11: Put
8: it on a
13: T-shirt. Yeah. Put it on a T-shirt. It's
8: All right. right now. It's yeah. Big,
13: so. Number five. <laughs> something in the way. Come as you are.
0: See, something in the way is... Paul McCartney wins. Something in the way. Gee, I'm going to go with uh, Paul McCartney. No.
8: Okay.
0: Nirvana.
13: Oh, Nirvana. Stupid. Come as you are.
0: Mm-hmm. You know
8: that. Mm-hmm. Come
13: mm-hmm. on. But you still won. You're still a winner, and that's all that matters. I'm always a winner. Oh. Even right. when I lose. Remember, Scorpius? Mm-hmm. I always tell the truth, even
0: when I lie.
12: Ooh. Thank you.
0: We'll come back and wrap things <laughs> up right after this. <laughs>
1: It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by
8: with a little help from my friends.
0: You, two, rattle and hum on this Bono 63rd birthday. Happy birthday, Bono. They're still talking. Jim Comer were fighting the Biden attorneys and the DOJ on Fox News. And we made the point, while we carried the first 20 minutes, CNN didn't carry it, obviously. They were talking about George Santos. MSNBC didn't carry it. They were interviewing E. Jean Carroll. Another reminder, talking about E. Jean Carroll, President Trump will join me tomorrow on this program coming up at 8.05. You didn't miss him today, folks. A lot of you guys like, hey, I missed him. No, you didn't. He postponed it one day because of the verdict yesterday. So Trump is on with me tomorrow at
1: 8.05.
0: But none of these networks carry this, just Fox News and Sid. That's it. That is it. So while Comer says he's confident that Biden knew about all the deals and the details and we're going to find out. Oh, that's revealing. Wow. <laughs> oh, we've sure, known all this. You're, you're well, that's sure, what I'm saying. You
11: sure that Joe Biden knew
3: about this? Wow.
11: Well, well see, <laughs> the,
0: that's the issue, is even though we did carry it, and uh, I'm glad we did, only us and Fox News, and these other networks should have at least, you know, had a peek in, the truth is we've learned nothing. Nothing. And until we see the bank records, we're not going to know anything. No. We did carry it. I'm glad we did. But uh, I think no real uh, revelations.
13: Well, From people, Comer and Biggs. And half the people that see these bank records aren't going to be able to no. understand them at all anyway.
0: My friend Laurie checks in. She's a big-time real estate person in Jersey. She says, you're the epping best radio host ever.
11: That's like the fifth one I've gotten in the last 20 minutes. And that gets your message on the air. Just start it with
0: that. Just do it. You get on the air. Yeah. yeah. You are the best. Thing well, my friend Joe DiGiacomo said I was the best ever. He just said, hey, Sid, listening to you on my way to Connecticut to pick up my son. Joe, giving you a shout out. So he didn't say I was the best ever, and he still got to mention. And I mention you every day, you bastard, like ten times a day, Lou.
11: Well, you should. I I
0: work on the show, would, yeah. I would,
11: and I would take a bullet for you in a in a second. We're we, also we know staring that.
0: right at him. Yesterday hours. you said you wouldn't take a bullet for me. I changed.
11: It, well, I don't reveal what my intentions are, so that the shooter doesn't know what my I'm going to do. That's a good strategy. See? If I did that, like he knows, all right, I'm going to take Lou out first, mm-hmm. and then he can't jump in front of sit So you see how I operate. You're saving you, lives. You're look. not really understanding
0: what I'm doing. Well, you're a liar, like Eugene Carroll. Oh my God! But it was brilliant the way you did that. You'd be <laughs> running so fast the other way, you wouldn't even look back to see if I was dead. Well, what's? Which... <laughs> I would know you were alive because I know how <laughs> cagey you are. Well, and you would right. you would wait for my next text on what, you know, America song I want play tomorrow morning. Tin Man or ventura highway i
11: would be waiting at the bar wherever we uh separated but i know for a, for a no. fact you would have scared the shooter off with one of sure. your uh tourette yells that's all charlie marino got says <laughs> yeah, there's
0: not seven. even a close <laughs> second bro that comes from charlie marino
11: what does that mean so right. it's like one it's it's like
0: i'm so much separation? better than everybody which is true by the way i don't care if it makes you angry i don't care if you get an oh sit narcissistic oh, duh okay. oh, in this job you better be <laughs> now you can see you got me going yeah right there's what? not even a close second. There's really not. There hasn't been for a long time. There what's hasn't the next, been.
11: What's the number that's next closest? Like 17? Well, whoever
0: number two is. is oh, like, it's
11: just way back.
0: Way back. I oh. mean,
11: Secretariat. Remember All the right. race? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like 25 firms yeah. or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever
0: the hell is. I mean, I don't even know who that person is. It doesn't matter. It's such a...
11: No, there I the destroy league. the field. No.
0: Well, the Knicks no. are going to lose tonight, too, so... You know that. Another good fan right there? That's good. Come tomorrow, me and Beningo at Hackensack Brewery next Friday night. Oh yeah, the O oh the Pain podcast,
8: bro.
13: Uh,
0: oh the Pain. Knicks couldn't show me anything in
11: game <laughs> three through six.
13: Yeah, yeah. sure. Spring. It will be difficult, very difficult to get out the Hackensack.
0: Come out to Hackensack next Friday. The beer will be flowing, and um, me and Joe are going to work together for the first time in nineteen years. Are we done for today? It was a great show. We had all three big attorneys on today, all of them: Joe Tacopina, Alan Dershowitz, and Artie Idala big one tomorrow. Once again, Judge Napolitano, Bill O'Reilly, Naomi Rosenberg, Bo Dietl and Donald Trump. Oh, my. Enjoy this gorgeous Wednesday in New York. I will. Until Trump Day tomorrow at 6 a.m. on a Thursday. From all of us to all of you. To quote Bono, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, but I'm still looking and I'll talk to you tomorrow.